lightning if you couldn't tell hello and welcome to another episode of herwitz's house of horror i'm your host steve herwitz and this is the podcast where we talk about a different horror movie every week we'll sometimes talk about some horror news and then we'll just talk about maybe some horror things that we have indulged ourselves in over the week speaking of we i would like to welcome back into the house of horror my co-host with the mo host Jefferson Miller. I'm I'm what you'd call the, the the host with the least. I don't know. You were saying a whole lot. Joho. You were Joho. That's right. I forgot we, we called it that for a mm-hmm. minute there. I for well, you were you were saying a lot of things whilst the intro was playing, and I could not hear shit Uh-oh. with the headphones on. That's and unfortunate. You, you caused me to pull out my finger guns, and I had that aimed at you the whole time. But that did not stop you. You did not stop saying a single <laughs> word, and I'm really like interested to know what you were saying. Well, I am bulletproof. Since when? F- specifically finger bullets. Shit. They well, just bounce right off me. I've, you know, I have tried to assassinate you a few times from behind. Mm-hmm. Just put a little finger gun in. Pew, 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 yeah, and and boink. I've told you so many times that I'm rubber and, and that you're glue. And I just end up shooting myself with my Yeah, you get bullets. little finger bullets all over you. So that's what that, that little like sharp pain that I feel every time yeah, I yeah. try and fire somebody. All those little Ow. fingertips that are stuck to your body. That's from that. Are they my fingertips? Yeah. Scary. Spooky. You know what else is pretty scary, Jeff? <gasps> Is that we are now in daylight savings time, I guess, or it just happened. I don't know if that's scary, but. <laughs> are you kidding me? It's currently not even, well, I haven't changed my watch. My watch says it's almost seven, but that's not It's correct. almost six. It's almost six. And it is dark and it out. it's pitch black outside. Yeah. That's horrifying. That's right. Anything could be happening out there. Witches and wardrobes, war, like warlocks, I meant. Witches wardrobes. and warlocks. You're yeah. talking about that book, aren't you? <laughs> I was for a second. Yeah. Witches and God, warlocks. you won't stop talking about that book. I'm, I can't help I'll myself. read it eventually. <laughs> we'll see. Maybe. Well, Halloween, the spookiest time is over. But like I said, with daylight savings here, we never know what's going on in the black abyss of yeah. the outdoors. You just look lives. outside and it's pitch black and it's just there's no way to know what time it is. You know, I mean, again, my, I haven't fixed my watch, so I'm not really sure when when is right now. When is right now? That's you know, that's a question we should all ask ourselves. You know, that's another great question we should ask ourselves <gasps> is what time is it actually? <laughs> it's a horror hour. Yeah. Hit. Nice. Hit it. Horror hour. Well, Jeff, let's start off with you. You did mention before we started recording that you had some actual news this time. Wow. Always- that was uh you know, that was rude a little bit. I was trying to get a little slight um, yeah, I've, uh, I watched. Um, I'm trying to think of the news. I'm trying to stall. Uh, oh, I watched. No one will save you mm-hmm. over the uh, week that we missed. Week Real or quick, two. everyone. If you just want to skip past all this, don't forget there are time codes in the show notes. Yeah, all we're right. going to talk about it for a second. Spoiler full. Oh yeah, Leo. I, I did mention a little bit. I didn't go into too many spoilers, but that was a couple weeks ago. Yeah, yeah. Spoiler conversation. Real quick for what is it called? Uh, no one Hulu, will you. 20th Century Foxes, No One Will Save You. Now, before you get into this, Jeff, I want to say I 
I enjoyed this movie and I, I think I recommended to you it and I, I thought you would really get a kick out of this. But what was your feelings on this movie? Uh, not a fan. Didn't like it. Like at all? Nope. What was wrong with it? Oh, man. That would have to be a whole other episode. <laughs> I have, I, I, as we've said before, I have high hopes for, and let me correct myself, 20th Century Studios mm-hmm. uh, movies coming out uh, on Hulu because like Prey was so good. And obviously that's not, there's different hey. creative people with every movie, blah, 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 blah. True. Uh, but this was, yeah, not, uh, I was hoping for like a, scary alien invasion movie Mm -hmm. and this felt more like a really boring really boring alien invasion movie oh man kind of like didn't make any sense okay we did say spoilers so i guess i can say whatever i want just dive into it for Uh, a minute she so the she there's a woman there's no dialogue no there's i think five words total in the whole movie for not in my opinion really no reason i get that it's supposed to be like oh it's the themes of isolation or whatever but there's so many scenes where it would be like you would say something here if that wasn't like a weird role rule that the director was you are know, you or the writer the bits when she went into town after she got attacked i mean even night? just a, when you're around yourself you might say something like oh fuck or anything you That's know true. or like in town you'd be like they're like you bitch you killed your friend so we're not going to talk to you. Uh-huh. And she's like, oh, it starts to feel like she's has like a something wrong with her. Um, she did murder her friend. I'm sure that. Right. Some psychological damage. But it's like, uh, I feel like I would be in that like you're fucked up and people are like, you're bad. But there's an alien corpse in my house uh-huh. and like flipped over mail trucks. I'd be like, I get you guys don't <laughs> like me, but just check it out really quick. There's a bunch of dead shit and like my house is destroyed it just seems very you could argue her, she's just in shock totally but then she gets on a bus mm-hmm. and is like fuck it i'm out of here i'm not gonna talk to one thing no one in the streets are talking to each other it's like silent as being spiteful she's like i know something's happening these people are just gonna keep shutting me and being mean to me fuck them let these aliens take them out and i'm just gonna hop on this bus and peace out everyone i guess maybe i'm just very spiteful it feels very like what, what the worst idea that she could have. And then the whole thing where she, yeah, she murdered her friend. Mm-hmm. So it's like, well, I no, I have no, it isn't, I don't care about you. Was it? Yeah. Uh, clearly she has like, some if she sort of pushed issues. her friend and her friend died, it would be I mean, one thing, but she gets pushed over, turns around, grabs sees a rock, a rock <laughs> reaches for it, grabs it, picks up and just smashes her friend in the face. It's like you, premeditated but maybe it's going murder, back to you know? more of those psychological issues that she has it was she's just crazy. like a heat yeah, maybe she's a little just unbalanced and yeah, yeah, yeah. in the heat of the moment also she's a child when she does this you know a kid yeah, and still emotions murder. take over it is still murder yeah, but yeah, yeah. maybe they are trying to lean more into the whole she and then she's like right. i for i forgive myself and then that the aliens uh decide you're cool like you it's we like, like you end. we'll leave you at the, at the end we'll just kill everybody else and then we'll all dance around so you remember so many remember how i said the end could be very divisive depending how you wanted to look at it it's either like kind of nice where she is now finally accepted by by this society this new alien society yeah but then also it's kind of fucked up where she's like yeah no i'll just let this race take over and i'll just Mm -hmm. enjoy my life now but why 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 nobody else they uh, see that is a great question maybe when the director was saying what 
because he liked her character. So he's like, I didn't, I just didn't want her to die in the end. Okay. <laughs> it is the director's creative choice. Yeah. And it made me mad. I saw it maybe as the aliens saw something in her where she was either a misunderstood or B just like a killer. Mm-hmm. They're like, nice. Where they're like, like she, yeah, sort of. Mm-hmm. I could see it being that it doesn't really make too much sense. And I wonder like how big this invasion goes. I'm assuming it's taking mm-hmm. over all of earth. Yeah, I believe it's all of Earth. But I thought there were some really well done, like spooky moments, especially in the very beginning. It got very. The first 15 minutes were really strong, I thought. Yeah. I was like, ooh, this is cool. I was genuinely creeped out by that yeah. creature thing. And when it's kind of hunting her and she's under the bed and you see it's like feet moving around. And yeah, shit, that was rad. I was I was not feeling great about that mm-hmm. in, in a good way. Yeah. But then it did become very much just these spindly fucking creatures moving about. And, and they just kept doing that thing over and over where it was like. And then now she's hiding again behind a thing and they're mm-hmm. creeping around behind. And then it would be like, and then another time. And she would always kind of linger. And I was trying to be like, she's in shock. These are aliens. There's a reason she's not like leaving or whatever. And then it just kept, I don't know. I just, I was just towards the middle, just waiting like, all right, I'm ready for this to be over. I can understand that completely. Yeah. I did really enjoy it. Oh, one final question I have for you about this. Okay. What did you think about the whole bit with the light? fucking you up like did that kind of freak you out a little bit or did it make you think of your childhood when you would think oh my fear yeah i was hoping that would play a bigger part yeah it did remind me of my childhood fear i thought it was really cool that was actually one of the main things that i liked was the tractor beam stuff i don't think i've ever really seen too much of that done especially Mm -hmm. anything recent where there was like that one guy that was trying to chase her and put her into the ufo but then half of his body gets caught in the light yeah breaks his body i was like ooh, that's so like that was cool yeah very like the tractor beam, it's like makes gravity super intense and mm-hmm. controls it. I thought that was really cool. Probably my favorite part of the whole movie. Yeah. Yeah. That was up there for me. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you got to check it out. So I'm yeah. sorry you didn't enjoy it. I'm glad it I watched much. it. Yeah. I just love me some good old alien stuff. So it, this is up for if anyone wants to check it out, let us know. We have two divided yeah, two opinions ends, here. Yeah. Two I like sides. That though. Yeah. Me too. Well, you also said you have some more horror Howard news for us today, right? Jeff? Oh, well, Steve, I was wondering if you've ever heard of this little movie uh that's coming out mm-hmm. called Pooh Bear Pooh Bear gets angry and just murders all his friends. Oh my god, I love Pooh Bear just gets angry and murders all his friends. Yeah. You know there's actually a sequel coming out called Pooh Bear gets angry and murders all his friends again. Two. Two. two? <laughs> Pooh two murder <laughs> murder murder friends. Murder friends? Yeah. Uh I I heard his mask is going to be different. It is going to be different. And I always like between movies or between seasons of shows when people, when characters' looks change, haircuts, new masks, Jason gets a new, you know, style. A new motorcycle. A new, uh, you know, machete shape. Oh, he like upgrades the handle where it's now yeah, it's like, like pearl. A, yeah, pearl. <laughs> like a chrome. Yeah. It's like pink. a little dangly keychain off the bottom. Yeah, he can customize it. Uh, but yeah, so I heard the mask is updating, which is kind of exciting news and i saw a, it looked like a cropped photo i don't know if there's a more wide shot but i think is all right so as always podcasts are the best place for a visual medium i'm gonna try and turn my computer around jeff is this the image you saw i'm sort of turning it uh yes yeah, yeah. that's the one which oh. isn't a ton of detail but it's a nice little teaser do you remember what the old mask looked like i do it was garbage <laughs> It was goofy. Well, I have a little information on that about the mask. So before you tell me, I will tell you, I think I prefer the old mask. 
Really? Yeah. I would have assumed you would have liked this because it's more I, like less me shit. Me too. I think because it was like goofy, dumb bullshit. I yeah. was like, yeah, nice. I don't know. I don't know. This is the mask that you just showed me mm-hmm. is what I would imagine. What I would picture if someone told me there's a Winnie the Pooh horror movie. That's what I would have imagined as well. Yeah. And well, here's why that is. So I got some notes here from the director. Uh, he says that the cost of bringing Pooh to life for the first Blood and Honey was a mere $770, <laughs> while the <laughs> sequel's budget or the sequel's bigger budget allows for a $20,000 spend on character designs. Whoa. So that, that is a, is a jump. jump. Damn, $770 for all of the characters. Make like makes sense. You can't even get a Roomba for that much. You haven't even watched the movie, but I'm sure you've seen like enough clips to be like, oh yeah, this is this is it was bad. (laughs) But I mean the movie looked bad too. So I I was like, it fits. It was a lot more fun than you would have expected it to be. But yeah, that that is one of the reasons why. And on top of that, the sequel is gonna feature Winnie the Pooh, Christopher Robin, he's back. Piglet is apparently back. I thought he died in the last one. Owl and Tigger. I think we talked about how there were some pictures released of the new Tigger coming out, and he looks just like a ferocious hmm. cat. Wait, is that what Tigger is? He's a tiger. Yeah. Oh, Dodoy. That makes sense. Yeah, he looks... <laughs> I knew that. Yeah. I think Piglet got like shot in the head or something in the last one, but maybe... I guess he's going to come back somehow. Maybe Bigger... he'll be undead. Ooh. Bigger and badder. The sequel will feature new creature designs, a new cast, and a high death count. So... That is expected to land sometime around February of 2024. We'll post some more of those pictures on the Instagram, so feel free to check those out, you guys. Jeff, any more horror horror news in your corner? Um, There's a new movie coming out. Uh, It's a Mr. Rogers horror movie. Really? It's called, um, uh uh-oh, be careful in your neighborhood, fucker. See, you're making this up, aren't you? You're a son of a bitch. Mr. Rogers is played by Sean William Scott, and um, he just murders all his neighbors. So, and he goes rabid and he kills Winnie the Pooh. The team up we've all been waiting for. It's a crossover. I did say that we were all, or not we, but there's going to be like a connected universe somehow. That's right. Yeah, apparently like that Um, three, not three blind mice, the Mary Had a Little Lamb came out already. Oh, that's right. I didn't I even totally realize that came out. Movies. Yeah, I didn't. Oh, no. Then there's three blind mice. I got to check mm-hmm. out Mary Had a Little Lamb at some point. I saw that was streaming somewhere, but uh, we'll get back to that. So moving along, Jeff, we were talking about Onyx then the Fortuitous Talisman of Souls. That's right. Is that what it's called? Yeah, basically. All right. Literally the day after we talked about we weren't sure how you're able to watch it. I did theorize it's probably coming to Screenbox. I ended up being correct. Damn. The next day they released a list of November releases, things coming to Shutter, Screenbox, etc. And Onyx, the Fortuitous, and the Talisman of Souls. That's perfect. Boom. Is going to be there. So I feel like Screenbox is something if you are a horror fan and you don't have as a streaming service or a streaming platform, it's definitely something to check out. I personally have Shudder because I paid for it for a free month and forgot to cancel it <laughs> and it renewed for a year. <laughs> so I'm sticking with that one. How much now. do they do you know how much Screenbox costs? I don't. Ish. I'm assuming probably like ten bucks or something. Yeah. I, I, I yeah, I just have a more connect or more of a connection with Shudder right now. Mm-hmm. Again, I also Well, you're it. yeah, you're locked in. <laughs> locked it's in really, quite literally. Uh, so we did give that movie a pretty good review. If you have it, check it out. Moving along, Jeff, are you ready to talk about some news I've been so excited to talk about for months upon months? Uh, We're talking, shut up, the Terrifier <laughs> 2 re-release, return to theaters. Oh my God, it came back and I saw it, Jeff, and oh, it was, it's so good. It was so much fun. There was a little teaser for Terrifier 3, which I'll get into in a minute. 
but I just need to reiterate how just entertaining, shocking, brutal, and fun Terrifier 2 is. It's been a hot minute since I put that on. I think maybe I was trying to get ready for the re-release and not wear myself on it too much. Right. I did say I used to put it on every now and again before bed. It was comfort film, yeah. yeah, exactly. It is. It's a nice, it's a nice comfort film. And that's a good message to it. Like the, the story, not art, the clown. Okay. But man, watching some of those kills, just brutal. I wanted to bring a friend, not just you. I did try and get you yeah. to come along. I bought an extra ticket, like for the seat next to me, but I returned it after I realized you definitely weren't coming. <laughs> But I was trying to, I wanted to bring you a friend along. You brought a picture of me and set it on the seat. <laughs> I ended up actually seeing it with a friend of the show, Matt Herndon, who works at the movie hey. theater. Yeah. Hey, Matt. He ended up getting a ticket and he texted me. He's like, hey, you going to this? I'm like, yeah. And we told each other what seats were at. And apparently he was like three seats away from me. He's like, oh, sick. <laughs> Hell that's, yeah. that's meant to be. Yeah. So I watched it with him and a friend of his. But I have come to realize that movie might not be for everyone. There are some pretty. Yeah. Maybe not everyone. <laughs> yeah. You know? I'm trying to imagine like if I brought a normal person into this movie, what their reaction would be to watching some of these kills. I'm like, well, I'm glad I didn't bring Jeff to this or a normal person. (laughs) (laughs) But it was a great experience. It's so much fun. And I like trying to give this director the support for him realizing his dream and making like a good classic slasher. I think it was called like the mega slasher Mm. it's like a new name for upcoming horror movies but Mm. that was great and there ended up being a little preview for terrifier 3 which i mean the cat's out of the bag now it is a christmas movie it is going to be released on october 25th of 2024 and in the small little teaser that was released it had a child waking up hearing some commotion going on downstairs and you see the kid grab the little teddy bear and go downstairs and you see santa moving gifts around and stuff and then the kid goes santa and the camera pans and slowly we see Art the Clown's face and he smiles and then he pulls up an axe as the kid's standing in the background and Art smiles and then cut to black. And the next shot is of Art sitting in a chair with the axe just covered in blood. So we cool. have a very festive movie coming our way. Terrifier 2 took place on Halloween. We now have Christmas. Art is slowly going through the holidays. It's weird that it's coming out on Halloween. But it's based on uh, set during Christmas. I mean, that's the best time to have any horror movie come out. Like you were even saying, Jeff, you prefer to watch horror movies during the spooky time. Very true. Which have you gotten a chance to watch anything else spooky recently? No. No. Well, not really. Not that I can think of. There's always next year for those who don't indulge. I, I started watching The Fall of the House of Usher. Is that any good? I got like halfway through the first episode and kind of was like, this isn't for me, probably, and turned it off. Was it? Why? I've been tempted to check that out. Uh, I just wasn't hooked on the story. Okay. It felt kind of just boring. Was it gory? And then I looked up some stuff like, hey, does this get scary or cool? And they were kind of like, nah. (laughs) Damn. Really gory, though. So if you're, you know, you're into that. Would you say some uh, gore hounds might be into it? (laughs) Uh, yeah, probably. Sweet. I I didn't really see much gore, but they're like apparently there's a really like gory murder in every episode or something. So you just said it. You kind of found it boring. Yeah, mm. it was just like it's a rich family and they've got drama and and they're someone's killing the family. And it's You're like, a wow, rich girl boring. and you got Don't some drama die. and everybody's and killing your family. Dead. This is the hush. And the mom's in a grave. I thought that was gonna go a lot smoother, but it did not. I thought it went pretty well. <laughs> Thanks, man. 
So I did forget to mention that I read this dumb little article about how a teacher ended up showing his, maybe it was like a third grade class, some yeah. young class in school, oh, uh, yeah, the Pooh, Blood and Honey, because the class chose it and they got like a ways into the movie before they stopped it. So that's kind of funny, huh? It's like, what a shit teacher. I mean, no <laughs> offense to whoever that is, but offense to you, you know? Yeah. How do you get that far in without noticing that you're showing a slasher movie to a school, like a classroom? It wasn't like fifth graders or something. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, I think it would have been that. Just fully checked out. Yeah. Not even watching the movie. Yeah. I hope he rolled it in like one of those old rolly projectors. Yeah, things, yeah, a little you know? CRT like in the <laughs> middle of the room. Just sitting back, puts his feet up, drinking some whiskey, old school style. Mm, just the way. Hey, back in our day, huh? Yeah. Article? More like farticle. Hey, they don't do that anymore in schools. Man, we had it good back then. Yeah, huh? simpler times. Well, let's move into just uh, a few quick final bits of actual news for horror movies here. Jeff, apparently The Black Phone is going to be getting a sequel just right now titled The Black Phone 2. It will be ringing into theaters summer of 2025. Now, if you do you remember what that movie is about? Is it the one with Ethan Hawke in it and he has a smile? That's he correct. He has a big smile. He was called The Grabber. And he would steal children and then lock them up in a basement. And then the one kid who this movie was about, he ended up meeting ghost children and they taught him how to fight and they beat up Ethan Hawke at the end. <laughs> it was actually pretty good. It was directed by Scott Derrickson, who is, uh, I mentioned him in the VHS 85, the newest VHS. He did a second yeah, that I really 80. liked. He did Doctor Strange, original Doctor Strange. He did this movie. He did Hellraiser, the one about the cop, Inferno. So I, I does not say if Scott Derrickson is attached to direct, but they're coming out with a sequel. I believe it did pretty well at the box office. It was a bit of a surprise hit, and I'm excited for it. I had a lot of fun with the uh, the first one. It was interesting. So really quick, why what was the why was the phone black? What was the black phone? It was a disconnected phone that the kid who was abducted used to talk to the ghost kids. Oh, cool. Mm-hmm. And then he beat up Ethan Hawke. Yeah, nice. And, the, he, and in the next one, he'll be an adult and he'll fight crime with his ghost friends. That'd be pretty cool. Right? He has to fight ghost Ethan Hawke. And his black phone rings like, and it's Commissioner. Hello, Commissioner. Ghost boy, we need your help. To the ghost mobile. The question is at it again. Cool. Yeah. And for our last bit of movie news, award-winning studio Neon has announced They Follow, the long-awaited sequel to the modern horror classic It Follows from 2014. Did you see this movie, Jeff? Um, I think that's another movie I kind of I uh, watched part of and wasn't a fan of, but I saw it. I thought it was going to be something else. You know, when you go to a movie and expect it to be something yeah. else, I thought it was going to be much more scary and more of a, I don't know if slash was the right word, but more of a horror movie than it ended up being. So yeah. I left the theater and I was let down. I never really I like the marketing was it. more like it follows. It's like a, yeah, like a horror movie of some kind. And it was more like Just essentially it, it if was you have unprotected sex. STDs are going to kill you. Pretty much. That's the, like, oh, that's okay. the underlying message. Yeah. It was okay. I do need to give it another rewatch. One of the main things I remember from that movie is just the music being super good. Mm. I've gone back and listened to that soundtrack a couple times, and it is a one thumb up, two thumbs up. Moto bene. Moto bene. So apparently the director, David Robert Mitchell, and the star, uh, Micah Monroe, will be returning as the character of Jay Height. In the first movie, Monroe's J-Height is a young woman followed by an unknown supernatural force after a sexual encounter. In 2024, they will be everywhere when they follow. Oh. 
a lot of people really like this movie, so I, I'm excited for them. Maybe upon a rewatch, I'll enjoy it a lot more now that I have, I kind of know what to expect. But In this one, um, the movie starts with an orgy. So that's why there's so many I feel like forces following, they follow. Nowadays, it'd be pretty easy to get around that creature. Like using a condom. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if that affects it or not. Well, it's like an STD, right? It's, a, it's, a, ghost. it's a ghost. <laughs> it's a, it's ghost a ghost that'll TD. break you up, yeah. <laughs> and I, you could just start a Reddit forum and just have people going across the world or like, you know, cornered in a, in a room and just beat the shit out of it with a baseball bat. Is it like a uh, like a dude? It takes the like form a, of people that you know and like stuff. Like Casper. It, it can. Oh, it's one of those. Yeah, I don't mm. really necessarily remember how to describe it. But it can oh, yeah, take on uh, spoilers. Eh, I mean, we're doing a shit job describing it already. Yeah, so yeah. this could be right. This it's could more be like wrong. we're throwing people off. If anything, <laughs> I'll give it a check when it comes out, or I'll I'll look more into it. But eh. imagine if they paid us to do that little promo. <laughs> The worst fucking promo in history. If anybody out there does want us to do some promos for you, this is an example of what you'll get. We'll put in an extra two minutes on that puppy. Well, Jeff, that is going to end the horror hour here for me. Any last bits from you? Any Frasier updates? Um, No, not really. No Frasier updates. Sorry, guys. I'm still watching it, but I'm just not going to tell you about it. How do you like them apples? I don't. I don't like them apples. Um, Speaking of uh, they follow. Yeah. You know who, who like follows other people around? Uh, a stalker. That's right. So, are we doing a transition? I don't know. I was gonna. <laughs> then I just gave up. I gave up on it. Well, speaking of, it follows and stalkers that follow. Is there one particular stalker that you are well acquainted with, Jeff? <gasps> that we might be talking about today, Frazier. <laughs> Oh wait, you mean no, we're not talking about Fraser? Are you talking about talking about a Jason Lake Boy? Lake Boy? Oh no, who slashed his way into our hearts? And but I thought he was dead. You thought he was dead. I thought he was Roy. <laughs> <laughs> the least scary name. But wait, he's back in. I almost said Jason. What is it called? Friday the Thirteen. What fuck? <laughs> <laughs> Shit, hold on. Just keep going. Friday the 13th, part six. Jason Lives! Directed by Tom McLaughlin from 1986. Jason's alive. We dug up his body. You gotta do something. No one in Forest Green wants to be reminded of what that maniac did here. That's why we changed the name. People want to forget this was Crystal Lake. Just because our parents keep telling us that Jason was only a legend doesn't mean it wasn't true. What if he did come back here? Looking for the camp counselor that caused him to drown his wife. Well, one of the first things I noticed about this movie, Jeff, is that we do not have about a 10 minute intro telling us how the last movie ended. Yeah, uh, right off the bat, I this movie is already on my good side. Really? Not... Um, not making me sit through the last 10 minutes of the previous movie. Mm-hmm. I was like, you know what? I'm in a great place. I'm not bored. Mm-hmm. Something new is happening. Mm-hmm. I'm aware that I'm watching a new movie, you know? To be fair, did you remember how the last movie ended? Part five, A New Beginning? I believe there was rain and a man fell into a spiky thing. And yeah. then it was like, wait a second. That's not Jason. That's a guy. It sure was. A guy named Roy. Yeah. And he's like, my name's Roy. I think he was dead. Yeah. 
I that's I you know he was with his with his body <laughs> with like his language he was saying that which one thing I think I'll bring up right now is yeah. that some of these Jason actors especially once we meet this new Jason who might be undead has to use a lot of his body to express he can't emote with his face yeah, like a Power Ranger exactly like a Power Ranger so I think that's some pretty cool sauce right there <laughs> that's not what I was imagining but okay. <laughs> Same that, you know what? That is some pretty cool sauce right there. You know, there's like weak sauce. This is some cool this sauce. This is some cool sauce. This is some cool ranch sauce. Yeah. Get your cool ranch. Hurwitz's House of Horror. Cool sauce. At HurwitzHouseOfHorror.com. So off the bat, we are pretty much ignoring the events. Like the last five minutes of A New Beginning. Do you remember that it had... First of all, we have a different tommy returning or we have a different tommy now in general yeah yeah i didn't know it was tommy you had to tell me like hey look a different guy and i was like i thought this is a whole new character should have pointed that out yeah yeah apparently the previous actor did not return because he decided to become a minister and he's like maybe i shouldn't be in a slasher movie yeah that makes sense okay yeah so the final shots were of that previous Tommy. I believe his name was john shepherd the actor yes he had a dream about jason returning and then the last shot was of him wearing the mask behind Pam, I think was her name. Hmm. And he's holding a knife. Do you remember that? He's wearing like the dressing gown. Yeah, the nurse mask. or whatever. And he kills her. He doesn't kill her. You just see him raising the knife. Oh. Yeah. Oh, so and maybe they're ends. like, that was part of the dream. Fucked if I know. Or they're just like, shh. They pretty much just swept everything under the under the rug. Yeah. Originally, the two survivors, I think her name was Pam and then Reggie, the kid who managed to escape. They both had scenes that were going to have them die. Oh. And then apparently because John Shepard didn't come back or some things went on where they just decided to get rid of that whole intro completely. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. And so now we have this new Tommy played by Tom. I'm going to look up Yeah, Tom. T-H-O-M. I remember being like, huh. Never seen a Tom spelled with an H before. You think it's Thom? No, I think it's Tom. (laughs) (laughs) Tom. Tom Matthews, he was in Return of the Living Dead and Returning the Living Dead Part 2. Oh, cool. Yeah, so he's been around the horror genre for a little bit. Yeah. But we have him with his buddy, I wrote his buddy's name down, Hawes. His buddy Hawes. They're going to Jason's grave because Tommy is still pretty messed up from everything that Jason has done to him. So he's going to go and burn the body. So they dig up the corpse. And by the way, isn't it kind of weird that they have or somebody has decided to bury Jason's body? Yeah. And he has like a gravestone and Mm -hmm. stuff. They're like, you know what? Let's lay him to rest. He must have peace. I believe there is supposed to be maybe some connection involving Jason's dad. There was one ending that had that. And maybe he was one who buried Jason. That was an idea that got kind of shuffled around, but never anything kind of. We don't need that. that, you know. Overcomplicated. So, I like the vibe, by the way, too, of this graveyard. It's very like spooky and like fog. If you, it reminds me of um of like Fright Night, yeah, or like Monster Squad level. You know, it's like kind of like a vampire area. I don't know. Fun fact about that: that is one of the sets that they built pretty much all by themselves. Like the the set designers and everything. Oh, nice. I, I was reading the Camp Crystal Lake Memories book, and I guess that was just one big open lot, and so everything there they made themselves. Like all of the gravestones are made of styrofoam. Damn. With the exception of Jason's, which is made of, I think, actual rock or stone. So I think that's really cool. I think that was something after reading that, I was looking at that whole set design. I was like, yeah, this that's is really actually cool. Really well done. Yeah, I thought that was real. I figured they added the fog and everything, but. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, the fog was real. 
Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they went to an actual fog. They went They went to a fog they to film to, that. Yeah, they went That's, to the fog. Must have been expensive. Well, Tommy digs up Jason, and it's just a gross-looking corpse. There's lots of maggots, and clearly he's been there for a hot minute. And then Tommy gets really angry, and he takes a pole and just stabs the body a few times. And this ends up sort of being his downfall, because what decides to happen? Well, he leaves the pole in there, mm-hmm. and a storm approaches. <laughs> and lightning... He, well, they go to pick up the gasoline mm-hmm. and behind them, lightning strikes the pole multiple times over and over. And you see electricity coursing through Jason's bug body, which, uh, uh, again, I have to say, finally, finally, someone is made of bugs. Yeah. huh? So I felt vindicated. And as we know from just pop culture, I guess, and history, when you strike a dead, rotting body with lightning. Mm hmm. That shit's coming back to life. Oh, hardcore. Yeah. You see one eye open. The other eye doesn't. Because I believe that that's where like Jason the, like, got the machete. In, or machete. Yeah. Went through. And so. Interesting. I like that they kept that there. Yeah. The continuity there. And well, we have kill number one. Haas. Is that his name? Oh, thank you. Haas. He just gets punched straight through the fucking heart. Right? Through yeah. His chest. Straight through. He punches him and at the same time grabs his heart. Yeah. Like pretty impressive. through his chest and you see his hand come out the other side with his heart. And then I think, what does he just kick him into the or put? He, he like, like flies back into the into the grave, into the grave, into the coffin and the coffin lid shut. Yeah. It's it was just so disrespectful. It was pretty. I mean, Jason's like, well, hey. I'm not going back in there. Yeah, he's like, you dug me up, you know, fuck you. And I love that Tommy, he thought on his feet pretty quickly. He grabs a gasoline tank and tries throwing it on Jason, and he's about to start lighting a match to light him on fire, and then it just decides to start raining. Yep. And Which I do appreciate, like, there was a storm approaching. Yeah. At least, you know, the lightning, so you would assume rain. It wasn't too random. I was like, all right. True, very true. That's fair. You know, but I just thought it was like the perfect timing. Perfect timing. Too. Yeah. It was like the, right as the flame lights, rain comes. Tommy decides to just dip the fuck out of there. He can't do shit. Mm-hmm. He drives off. He also decided to bring Jason's mask with him, too. So, yeah, I was I, I see already. I was trying to like, why? And and what I decided was to burn it. Mm. Yeah, I guess that you was know, he's like, I'm going to burn do. all of it together. Good thinking. You know, thinking. I'm trying to give them the, the benefit of the doubt going into this. I don't want to. Or maybe you're thinking these guys are brilliant. Genius. Genius. Jason collects himself. He puts his mask on. And we have what I think is one of the coolest fucking intros of all time. We are seeing literally how one franchise affects another franchise. We have a James Bond style intro, which if anyone knows me, knows I fucking love James Bond. We have a shot of Jason. The camera goes closer and closer into his eye. Then we're in his eye. And then you see another little Jason walk across the screen, (laughs) stop halfway right in the middle. He pulls out his machete, slices it down the middle, blood flies. And then we get our opening intro title. Jason lives Friday the 13th, part six. It's so cool. I was (laughs) very confused at this moment. What I didn't realize going into this movie is that it was at the same time like a love letter to horror movies and also kind of a parody. Mm-hmm. Uh, was not expecting that. I'm, so the little James Bond like, you know, intro <laughs> thing what totally threw me off. Because you're used to, well, I'm assuming you're maybe comparing this to part five where it was a very serious, just 
kind of yeah it opens with like a, a like a mentally ill person being chopped into a bunch of pieces or whatever it's like very different vibe and very just you know it was by a porn director it yes. was it a very specific feel to it this one felt higher budget to me i don't know if it was it definitely had that feel at least so I have a quote from the director, Tom McLaughlin. He said, this was the sixth Friday movie, and I thought Jason had become the James Bond of horror, so I wanted a title sequence to match. <laughs> I fucking love that. Yeah, yeah. I also read somewhere, um, because as soon as the movie ended, I was like, I got to know about that James Bond sequence. Okay. So I looked it up, and he said something else about, he's like, I wanted to set the tone right away, and like I wanted people to know it wasn't going to be the previous movies, you know? Yeah. It's like, this is going to be fun. There's going to be a lot of fun in this movie. Well, let's just say it off the bat. This is a bit of like a, a parody of itself. It, totally. It is a bit of a ironic kind of satirical take and look at horror movies. Mm -hmm. And I kind of hope that maybe this helps influence your decision on whether or not you like this movie, Jeff. <laughs> I feel like a lot of these Friday the 13th, you are correct, were very similar. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the not the filmmakers, like the studios, people were noticing that. And so the way this movie was made it has its own little spin on it. Yeah. And I think it wasn't appreciated as much at the time, but this has definitely become a fan favorite for a lot of people. This is up there for me. Yeah. Like uh, I was reading, I think it made the least or, or it was the start of the decline. Yes. Yeah. It it, did in not terms reach, of box office. Yeah. It did not reach number one. It was the first Friday the 13th yeah. to not reach number one. It's like off that weekend. Also the first and last Friday the 13th to not feature any nudity. Oh, shit, huh? I did not realize that. Yep. Cool. Just some gratuitous crotch shots of someone, mm. but they're wearing pants. This is we'll true. We'll get to that. Just a little teaser for, for later. So Tommy ends up going to the cops, and no one believes him. We also learn that the town has changed its name to Forest Green instead of Camp Crystal Lake now. Everyone there just wants to forget about all of the murders that has happened. Tommy yeah. has not. It has affected him personally. And from what I've gathered, apparently all of the parents are telling kids that the murders, Jason, it was all like a like a story. Like an urban legend. An urban legend. Yeah. Yeah. That's I don't know if I ever really picked up on that before. I think I just would have glossed over that. It's like, oh, no, people just know about him. Right. But it seems like no one yeah, really knows that this was something. They're that kind happened. of like, oh, Jason. Ha ha ha. You know? Yeah. From what I've gathered, these cops are fucking assholes. <laughs> yeah. Through the whole movie, dude. They threatened to kill uh, Tommy like four times in the first scene. And they just assume he's crazy. They like they know who he is, too. They're like, oh, you're Tommy Jarvis. Sorry that your family got murdered, but you But I'm going to blow your brains out, Yeah, boy. I'm going to take you right back to the Institute right now myself. Yeah, it's like, Jesus. Yikes. Well, we have Jason coming across a couple named Darren and Elizabeth. And fun fact. Elizabeth was the director's wife, Nancy McLaughlin. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. I, apparently, he really, I mean, wanted to give her a, like some cool scenes and mm -hmm. he wanted to give her a good death and just a little cameo. And I really liked the scene. I, I feel like he fun. succeeded. Yeah. And this is another example of this movie not taking itself seriously. I, I think one of the lines she says is when she is she's driving her car and they stop because Jason's in the road. She says, I've seen enough horror movies to know this is a bad idea. And she just tries to reverse out of there. But then Darren's like, nah, uh, let's give him a scare. Yeah, he's like, you're going to get stuck if you reverse. Let's just speed at him with the car. And you recognize Darren, the actor from Ghost? From Ghost. Yeah, Patrick Swayze's Ghost. I don't recognize the guy. But he was Ghost, a baddie. Spooky. Yep. 
Well, huh? they don't hit Jason. Darren gets out of the car and has the tiniest little gun you've ever seen. Looks like a keychain gun almost. <laughs> he threatens Jason with it, but we well, we have kills number two and three right here. Darren gets stabbed and then like hucked. His body just goes that flying was fucking in hilarious. the background. Yeah, because he gets stabbed kind of off screen, I yeah. think. I think you see his face. And then it cuts to Jason. You just see his body like flying overhead. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> There is some good comical stuff in this, whether oh, totally. intentional or not. I mean, a lot of it was intentional. The director, Tom, Tom McLaughlin, wanted to input a lot of humor. That's funny. But I don't know if like that was meant to be necessarily. Right. And I didn't know, again, like going in, I didn't know any of it was intentional. So it was like even funnier, you know. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a lot of these older movies, too, just are stupid. Right. They're just kind of <laughs> goofy. And then we have Elizabeth. She, well, she almost got stabbed in the head for real. Yeah. You were you were you were telling me this too, right? I I didn't yeah I didn't realize that she almost got stabbed. I just heard that the so she was in the car still, mm-hmm. and Jason has he has the pole by the way. I think yeah because he stabbed the dude, but that's the pole he got brought back to life with. Mm-hmm. He goes to stab her through the windshield, and I just thought it was weird because he's going down towards the driver's seat, and then it like ricochets almost or something, shatters the window and goes into the passenger seat. And I was like, oh, that's weird, but I didn't know. Yeah, I got extraordinary close to do the Yikes. director's wife's head yeah and so that was one moment like, like a lot stunt of guy just kills the director's wife real quick yikes yeah oops so she escapes that way falls into the water tries to offer jason money and what i liked about this scene is she like closes her eyes for a second opens them and then jason's gone mm-hmm. and you brought this up on the scream two episode that you like when there's a build-up and then nothing happens oh yeah but it does and correct me if I'm wrong, but I think you like had a little bit of a jump because then Jason appears, he jumps up or he jumps kind of on top of her from behind because she's still on the ground. And then he just, I'm assuming, impales her through the face because you hear the face. Gar- yeah. Gargling, gluggling. And then it does a like cuts out and it's just her body with her face like in the mud. Yeah. With the pole in it. Yeah. I jumped a little bit and it, it was weird because it was like a jump that turned into a laugh. Because mm-hmm. again, it was like he's gone and he's like. Ha ha! Gotcha. Comes out of nowhere for some reason. Like, why did he leave? And then just like hops down on top of her and stabs her in the face. And then we also get a shot of a American excess card, excess card in the style of American Express. And that was something the director very much was like adamant about getting in because she was like uh, emptying her wallet to be like, take whatever you want or whatever. Which is another bit of the humor bit he was putting in. He. The director wanted someone to say out loud, like, never leave home without it. And in one of the test screenings, somebody actually said that. And the director was really like, that's all I wanted. And people laughed. He's like, that's the only reason I made this movie. (laughs) There are some things yeah. the the director, Tom, was very much just adamant about keeping in. And I think that tried to get cut by some of the producers. But that was something he like spent time. And I mean, they really lingered on that credit card, like floating in the mud. And that's something I just didn't really pay attention to again until no, reading I was like, oh, weird. this book. Yeah. We now meet Megan, Paula, Sissy, and Court. They are all counselors at the newly opening up Forest Green camp. That's right. Our new camp counselors. Megan is also the sheriff's daughter. And then we learn that Darren and Elizabeth are, I think Elizabeth is Paula's sister. And Darren was her, her partner. And they've gone missing. And unfortunately... All of the kids are showing up to camp and they have no idea what the fuck they're doing. (laughs) They're not in charge. Which is interesting because I feel like 
correct me if I'm wrong, there hasn't been campers in any of the previous movies, right? It's always the counselors like getting ready for camp and then Jason kills everybody. You might be right. Part I don't remember kids being in any of these. Part five was like the halfway house. Mm-hmm. Part four was partiers. Part three was like the lakeside cabin. Part two, they were setting up the camp. Part one, they were setting up. You're right. Yeah. Interesting. So this is the first together. one that's like camp's actually happening. Mm-hmm. Or at least, you know, this was going to start very soon. Is once again breaking new ground. That's right. Others hadn't. My next note just says the paintball bit. This bit is just weird to me. Feels like, very out of place to me. It is like the music changes and it's pretty much like these business people. Mm-hmm. Like who, on, a, on like a work retreat or something. And the director was saying that paintball was like just starting to become a thing at this time. And that's why it was included. Interesting. Yeah. You know, like paintball guns looked kind of weird. They're like black pistols <laughs> that shot red paintballs. <laughs> They're all wearing like army gear. There's one guy who's kind of playing his part like uh, like Ernest. Like Ernest scared stupid. Mm-hmm. He was like, Ooh, like bumbling around. I was like, this guy's a fucking idiot. We have kill number four. We have a very sexist paintballer get his arm torn off and then his face smashed into a tree with a smiley face on it. Well, that's right. Yeah. He gets his face smashed. And it, when he slides to the side, his blood smears over a smiley face. Yeah. Which I'm, did someone just carve that in the tree? You think? I'm assuming so. Hmm. But I just really was like, man. You got shot by a paintball and you're yelling about how women belong in the kitchen. And uh, ah, man. I was like, well, he's going to die. Yeah. I did just like to when Jason lifted up his arm is just severed holding a machete. And he's like, well, I guess this is how I get my machete. (laughs) Resisting how Jason gets all of his equipment now. Yeah. I'm assuming again, that's where he got like his new shirt and pants from. It's like a very extent. It's like the scene in Batman where he's suiting up, but it takes like (laughs) the first hour of the movie. Well, right after that, we also have kills five, six, and seven. We have three other paintballers from this group. They all get beheaded in one swift motion. Oh, yeah. Three of them right at once. I also like that this is another shot of Jason. Just It looks like he's jumping down from trees because he comes out yeah. of nowhere and just lands. <laughs> i very confused. I thought it was one of their friends at first. I'm like, oh, that's funny because they're like, you know. And then balling and missing playing around. But it's like, nope, Jason's just out there like climbing trees. So did you notice that the Jason in the daylight shots was a much bigger looking person? No, but I did read about it. Apparently, the Jason they had in a lot of the daylight shots, including this paintball ones, was a I don't remember the, the guy's name, but this was the guy they originally cast. Mm-hmm. But I think he's been called like Fat Jason. Yeah, that's that kind of bad. I thought he looked that. good. He was just. I think a, he has a demanding presence. He's a big dude. He was big and bulky, but that wasn't necessarily what they wanted. Right. They and wanted more of like a, especially in the eighties. I feel like it's like the muscular, like wrestler type. Yeah. And I also will understand him being slimmed down if he's an undead Jason now at this point too, because right. he doesn't really yeah, have like muscle on him and yeah. anything. But they switched it out for a guy named CJ who ended up being an ex. I don't know if he was a SEAL, but he was in the in the military at some point. Mm. And he ended up just like really capturing the role. And everyone, he got along like really great with everyone. Oh, that's awesome. Here's a note. Everyone on this movie set had like a lot of fun compared to a lot of the other Friday the 13th movies. Nice. Which I really liked hearing. Yeah. A lot of the stuff that I read in Camp Crystal Lake Memories was just, oh yeah, we had fun. <laughs> it's like, good for you guys. Yeah, like from the little trivia I read, 
it seemed like the director was a super chill guy and like everyone was just kind of like having a good time and respecting each other's wishes and stuff. It's like, oh, that's a, a nice change. Uh, finally, especially compared to the last one. Yeah. One of the notes that I have from a producer or somebody about part five was the director is an asshole. I'm glad he didn't work <laughs> after Friday the 13th part five. Damn. It's like, well, that sounds about right for him. Yeah. Yeah. Not good stuff about, about that dude. Yeah. We now have Tommy getting escorted out of town. The sheriff doesn't want to wait for the Institute to pick him up because I think he's trying to get him transported back there. So mm-hmm. they drive him out to the state line or the, the town line. But then Tommy decides to lead them on a little merry chase as he goes into the cemetery because no one believes that he dug up Jason's body and that Jason is out there trying to kill everyone. I, I did like that when he's trying to tell them this, he says that Jason is going to end up going back to camp crystal lake slash forest green Mm -hmm. because he's like an animal he's he's territorial right right and which is kind of cool i feel like i picked up on bits of that when later on in the movie when jason is observing people he's like just head motions and body language it's like he's confused as to why this is where he is he's like this doesn't belong here (laughs) this isn't my yeah it's like he's by dying and coming back he's turned into like instinct only which i really do like that i like this new Jason. This mm-hmm. is this is one of my favorite Jasons, honestly. Shortly followed by Roy. He's just a your top favorite. <laughs> Fucking Roy. Well, by the time Tommy gets to the cemetery, the entire grave has been just completely filled up and reburied by the groundskeeper, who is this goofy drunk guy, <laughs> and he ends up breaking the fourth wall at a certain point. Oh God, I forgot about that. <laughs> He's like. He's talking about some when he's filling the grave, right? Yeah. And he's like, oh, these these dumb kids and the what they do for entertainment. And then he like looks straight down the camera. <laughs> some folks have a strange idea entertainment. Like you guys, what are you watching this horror movie for? It was like that was the first up until this moment. I was like, this is kind of goofy. Like mm-hmm. I was laughing at parts, but I thought it was unintentional. And then that happened and it was like. Oh, you, no. You did say that out loud to like, uh, or something. Yeah. Fourth wall breaks almost never. It's like I would be the guy suggesting those probably because <laughs> I would think it would be funny to make people upset. Yeah. But I get upset watching them. Like, don't do that. I feel like they were probably in that same boat, too. We're like, I, I found it funny. Yeah. They're like those assholes. And then the groundskeeper also calls himself a fart head for some reason. What do you oh, think? Yeah. I am some sort of fart head. <laughs> so stupid yeah I, I, the groundskeeper, the whole groundskeeper is, yeah did not not a fan yeah i think that's the only bit i'm like uh, don't like that yeah you got that well they end up getting tommy to the town line and they say see us flip him off and just doing really back. good cop you know police work he's also a just bit, driving to the edge of town being like later bitch they get really aggressive with him too when they're at the cemetery and one of the I think the deputy pulls out like this massive fucking gun with a big laser on it and just points it straight at his head. He's like, yeah, my deputy's been wanting to try out his new laser. So what does he say? Wherever it's the a pistol, wherever the red dot goes, you bang. Wherever the red dot goes, you bang. You bang. Yeah, I was like, what? I don't think I've ever had subtitles on for it. So I wasn't actually sure if that's what he said. Yeah, yeah. But no, the subtitle said, you bang. Yeah, it's like, all right, I guess. And then the, when the groundskeeper walks up, he's like, oh, oops. And like puts his gun away. So it's like, clearly he knows he's not You're supposed not to be pointing his fucking to. gun at people. <laughs> and what did, um? well, I guess he's an escaped. He's supposed to be in an institution. I was going to say, what did Tommy even do? Why is he in jail? Well, I don't know if he escaped because at the conversation at the beginning, it sounds like 
him and his buddy Hawk Hawes like they're just out and about. Oh, you're right. I think well, they talk about the institution, but I don't remember what they say. I think the sheriff is just saying you belong back there. I like I know you spent time there. Yeah, your family got messed up and murdered. Right. You, that's where you belong. You should not be out and about, especially if you're shouting all this nonsense about mm-hmm. Jason. It's like, uh, what, do, what am I being charged with? You know what I mean? I'm going to assume like disturbing the peace. I guess so. Fucking. Also, there was, a little, there was a little bit where Tommy and Megan are flirting with each other. There's a lot of just Megan being like, ooh, you're a bad boy. And so oh, that's I think right. Because that, they show up while he's in jail and they're yeah. like, hi, wink, wink. And Tommy was saying, hey, Elizabeth and Darren, that couple, they were probably killed by Jason. And that makes the kids question everything. And that's when the sheriff's like, get this guy the fuck out of here. Yeah, let's drop him at the edge of town. Beat the shit out of him. It's later that night and we have kill number eight. We have the groundskeeper just get stabbed in the throat by a bottle that he tried throwing that Jason caught. Yeah, he's like uh, drinking the whiskey and he's like. Oh, Elizabeth or whatever. Kathleen. Kathleen, you're going to be the death of me one of these days. And then Jason grabs the bottle and kills him with it. I was like, haha, I get it. I liked that Jason, he had the bottle and then he just breaks it in half and then he stabs him. He's like, oh, I'm making a point about this. Yeah, he just like shatters one end of it. I was like, oh, all right. And then we right after that, we have kills number nine and ten. There's a couple that sees Jason stab this guy. And does Jason like go to Machete, the groundskeeper, a few times? I think he definitely does. Yeah. He's just really pissed at this guy. He's like right in the neck and then just a couple, you know, chopping him up a little bit. And so the couple sees Jason doing that. They try fleeing. And apparently this was a shot that was added in, I I believe, in post or it was a a reshoot. Hmm. And the director really liked it because he said it was it's scary when you see something you're not supposed to. You see oh, a monster yeah. doing something and then the monster sees you and it comes after you. Yeah, because Jason like turns and sees them. I did like that shot too. Yeah, that was cool. Jason goes right up to the couple and he just stabs the both of them with the machetes. Like a skewer. Through. Yeah. When in doubt, skewer it out. Let's see. We have Paula and Sissy looking after the kids because Megan is fucked off and so has Court. Court. He fucked off as well. There are some kind of funny scenes where you see them, the counselors trying to do things with the kids because they honestly don't know what they're supposed to be doing. Like, mm-hmm. I don't I don't I don't know. She's like, and we're going to and we're going to not eat Brussels sprouts. <laughs> and the kids are like, yay! I guess. I think Megan is at the police station right now. Yeah, with her dad. And then court is getting it on in the RV. Jason follows or he comes across this RV and he cuts the power. Now, this was the scene that you were saying that the actress was asked to do nudity, but mm-hmm. she said, no, I didn't have to. Good for her. Yeah. And then the director was like, I feel kind of slimy even asking that because it wasn't like a pre. Usually that kind of thing is like and when you accept the part. Yeah. yeah, it's in the contract. So he's like, I don't want to spring this on the. Pro-. And the producers are like, come on, do it. We've had boobies in all the movies. You got to you got to have someone with their boobies out. And then he asked her and she said no. And he's like, I feel bad asking. I'm like, see the difference between this dude who's chill and like, I don't want to be trying to get people to take off their clothes. And the last guy who's like, yeah, do more extra. And it'll only be me here filming this. Oh, I forgot about that bit. Yeah. Yeah. Shitty that happened to the same same chick twice too. Yeah. So good job, Tom. And like, it's not even something I noticed. If you hadn't told me there was no nudity in this movie, I'd be like, oh, yeah, I mean, Mm -hmm. that's exactly what I was like. Oh, yeah, shit. He was even like, eh, he's like, I didn't do a lot of sex scenes either. He's like, he was just like, I never bought the like, you have sex and then you die thing. Yeah. Because again, it's kind of like a leftover, like 
okay, teenagers don't have sex. And in fact, in this scene, when uh, Court's having sex with this woman, I don't I think know her, her name. name's Nikki. When they, the, so the power gets cut and she gets up. Apparently he added a little subtle scene of the sound of Court taking a condom off. Safe sex. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, sure see, notice that Tom knows what's up. Yeah. I do like that. It's, it's entertaining to me that when they're doing it, she's like, you know, don't come until after this whole song. And he's like, how long's the song? 10 minutes. It's like, oh no. Yeah. yeah. And then the power cuts and he's like, <laughs> I thought the song was over. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and like, even the sex scene is like, she's doing like a weird flash dance, like whipping yeah. her hair around. It's like very comedic, even this scene, it's which just, I appreciate. Yeah, it. It yeah. And again, the whole comedic aspect of this movie, I think it, I think it fits exactly what this series needed a mm-hmm. little bit. My next note just says, Court really likes driving that RV. He's having the <laughs> fucking time of his life. Yeah. Like, he's just like, whoa, this is the best thing I've ever fucking done. He's blasting the music. Like, this thing fucking rides smooth. <laughs> and then you just see Nikki flying in the background, tripping yeah. over herself as Court's just taking these corners and shit. He's like gunning it through the, the <laughs> streets of this uh, camp. And what we didn't see, but what Nikki sees, is that Jason has now made it into the RV he grabs her, pulls her into the bathroom. Court just is like, hey, what are you doing? Taking a dump? And, yeah. And then Jason takes her face and shoves it through a, a wall? In maybe the weirdest kill. That's <laughs> oh, a kill, yeah. right? Kill number 11. Because it's like, it shows like a mirror in, because they're, yeah, they're they're locked in the bathroom stall thing, mm-hmm. rumbling around. And I like that shot, actually, from, from above, above, which was cool. But then when he shoves her face, it, I thought it was a mirror on the wall. It looked like it, like that's where her or face a window. went through. And then he pushes and it shows from the outside, like an impression of her <laughs> face, like really kind of exact. Yeah. In like a sheet of metal. It was very weird. Yeah. It reminded me of like um, in The Haunting when the ghost puts its face out through the wall or whatever. It's like like uh, Friday the 13th, not Friday the 13th, excuse me, um, Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah. A bit yeah it's like the cloth where you just see the face and stuff mm-hmm. going through them except like it was that. like the side of an rv and it just stays there or i don't know here's another example when uh clark kent stops a bus in the f- pilot episode of los and clark the new adventures of superman uh, his hands leave imprints in the bus perfect example i feel like people will get that one everyone now understands yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. i was confused myself until right you said that thank you jeff you're welcome well, then we also have kill number 12 immediately after that. Court gets a knife through the head and then we have the RV crashing and it's a pretty fucking cool shot. Yeah, flipping Dark Knight style. Did you know that this was the final scene that they filmed? Uh, No, why? Because they were pretty much out of money. They were out of time and they also wanted to make sure they still had like a stunt actor to do Jason things if something went wrong. Oh, <laughs> yikes. Yeah, and there was a lot. But of- there was, hmm. he was driving the thing. Who? Oh, Jason? They, they kept him in. They kept the actor in there. Oh, that's Because remember, as, after it crashes, you see the top of the fucking RV bust open. But it like, it like cuts to a different angle. Well, they kept I feel the like you could just there. flip the bus or uh, RV, RV and then just be like, okay, get in now that you're safe. <laughs> nope. Like, we want it to be real. They had a guy in there. Get in, CJ. He's like. No, I think it might have been a different person. It was specifically the stunt guy guy in particular they Mm -hmm. had in there. But like the sun was coming up and they were under pressure. And it's like, well, they have this one RV. We can't really. Yeah, it was a great shot. And then Jason kicks open the door, punches it open. You just see him standing on top. 
as it slowly starts to burn. Mm-hmm. That's one of my favorite Silhouetted shots. against the smoke. It's fucking badass. That was pretty cool. Well, we now have the cops blaming Tommy for all this. Some more bodies have shown up. I think like the second couple that got like the machete through them mm-hmm. have been discovered. And then the cops also end up finding another paintball guy. Well, they find his arm and a leg. Right. So let's call that kill number 13. And so they are assuming that it's Tommy and they are setting up roadblocks around in case he tries coming back. Or did they try going after him? I know they set up roadblocks. I think both. They had roadblocks and then they had some cops looking for him. Mm. We're back at the camp now and we have Sissy. She thinks that it's Court trying to mess with her. And who's the other one? Paula's like, oh, you know, be quiet. Don't wake up the kids. And Sissy decides to try and get Court by pouring some soda on his head. Yep. Really fucking really sneaky. Really sneaky. Clever. Really cool. But it's like, you don't know where he is. Mm-mm. She's like, Court's probably trying to scare you. And she's like, I'm going to get him. It's like, he could be anywhere. And she just pours it out the window. Like, he's probably under the window, I guess. I don't know. And for kill number 14, we have another brilliant shot of like somebody just getting pulled out of a window. Yeah. You see Jason like stand <laughs> up and they go up. whoop and her body just goes zoo out the window. Because I think he like puts both hands on her shoulder, right? On her I shoulders so. and he just pulls her out. Yeah. It looks great. Yeah, I loved it. And in a really cool kill, you see her head just get turned completely around. Yeah, he toothpaste caps her. And then he pulls it off. Yeah. And I feel like they probably cut this kill down. Like a squeeze it. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Apparently, it was was much grosser in the Mm. initial cut, which I wish we could have seen. So we have Megan ending up hooking up with Tommy. Well, they they don't hook up. They they meet up. Right, right. Big difference. Yeah. Tommy calls the police station. He's like, hey, Jason is definitely still alive. And Megan's like, well, I'll come and help you and get rid of him because I guess I have this big old crush on you. Yeah, mainly it seems like she's like, I want to do it. Mm. I want to do it with you. So why don't I come pick you up in my sexy sports car and we'll see what happens. And another thing that has not happened in the Friday the 13th series, we have a car chase. So Mm. Tommy is in the car and they are trying to avoid the cops. And so Megan takes his head and shoves it into her crotch. And we have that crotch scene you were talking about earlier, Jeff. Where she's like, get down. And his head is in her crotch. And then it does this weird cut where it's like from his POV of just like extreme close up on her crotch. And then it cuts away, which is I think it's supposed to be like a comedic moment. It is. And then something else happens. He tries to get up and she's like, no, get back down there. And then his head's like rolling back and forth weirdly. Like he's performing, you know, so. And then it shows it again. And he's like, fine by me or something like that. Yeah. And she's like, yeah, that's the way I like it. I'm like, what the fuck is happening? Harry turn coming up. Yeah, yeah that's right. Uh, well, yeah. they end up getting caught by her dad, the sheriff, and they get both taken back to the station at the he's pointing a shotgun at him, too. He oh. knows it's his daughter. I was like, whoa. Yeah. Could just pull him over. But nah, nah, nah. We are back at the camp and we have Paula. She ends up hearing noises. I think she goes to like comfort a kid who had a bad dream. The kid wakes her up oh, with a machete in her machete. hand covered in blood. Right. And she's like, oh, it's probably court. And what's her face like trying to scare each other and like takes the machete from the little girl. And it's like, why don't we go find them? And, um, you know, if they try and scare us, we'll just scare them right back or something like that. So she puts the kid back to bed, mm-hmm. goes back to her cabin. And then this is when we have just her death. We have kill number 15. My note just says. She gets wrecked. Oh, yeah. 
we see you get pulled into the cabin. You hear a lot of screaming, mm -hmm. and then you just see the top half of her body go through a window, which is a classic Lake Boy move. Yeah, you have body to have a, window. a body through a window. You see her get pulled back in, and then you just see, I think, a splash of blood go across another window. Mm -hmm. And we end up seeing what happened. Not, we don't see yeah, not until later her. in the movie, which was surprising, but... But it's... <laughs> wow, it's she Dexter level, you know what I mean? It's uh, gotten it the worst, right? Oh, yeah. They they So they crack the door open, and I would say every surface... Is just covered. Covered in blood. Yeah. It's, yeah, I terrifying. Wish, I wish you could have seen that. We are with Tommy and Megan back at the station. They end up escaping by having a really awkward kissing scene, which I didn't like because it looks like they're just mashing their faces into each other. Yeah, very 80s like kissing scene. It just doesn't look like either through, of them are, bars. are having fun, though. You know, no, it's like you're not kissing. Like you said, it's more like, what if we just f push our mouths together? Yeah, I think it was supposed to be like fake. Well, it was supposed to start and like that. And then turned real, but it but just looked fake the whole time. I think that's exactly what it was. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, they're like, let's anything. distract the cop and we'll get his keys. Which, again, I thought was going to be a little bit like, oh, he comes over here and I snatch his keys and we run out of here. And instead it was like, we're pretend kissing and the cop comes over here and I take his gun and I point, I fucking point his gun at his face. The big old gun with the, the big laser, laser right at his right in his nose. And I'm like open the fucking thing and get inside. We're getting out of here. I was like, whoa. And what does Tommy say? You better do as she says. Because wherever the red dot goes, you bang. Everywhere the red light goes, you, you bang. Good one. Goddamn. Now the two escape and they end up making their way back to Crystal Lake. Now we have a scene where Jason walks into one of the cabins with a bunch of kids and do you Kills think them all. Jason... Do you think he was going to kill that kid? No. Really? Because I thought the rule was, I thought he had his own rule of like, I only kill uh, non-virgins. I thought that was a thing for some reason. Interesting. Where it's like people would have sex and then, and then he would kill them. Mm -hmm. Or like alcohol, drugs, or sex from the previous movies seemed to be kind of his rule set. So I was like, oh, well, he's probably not going to kill the kids. I am. But not. then he busts in later and I was like, uh oh, he's going to just fucking <laughs> murder not. all of them. Yeah. But like he yeah, he bends down, and like looks at a kid. And I mean, the kid starts praying. And the only reason why Jason leaves is because he hears the cops show up at Crystal Lake because mm -hmm. they go into like no one's answering. They're checking out things. Right. Like, I don't know. I don't know why I was like, it's almost like it reminded me of like when a wild animal sees another young animal mm -hmm. and they have like a. A nurturing instinct instead of like a. I feel like it depends chomp, chomp, on the animal. It definitely. <laughs> and this is like a new undead Jason. You don't True. know what direction this guy's going to go. And I feel like if he was alive, Jason, he would have killed him. Really? Yeah. In okay, I guess that does. The undead is like, going back to. I back to lake. Yeah, they're like they're not threatening him. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe, exactly. There's not. There's no threat. Maybe he's reminded of like a little human bit of him. You know, he was a kid mm -hmm. once, and how he drowned. Lake boy. Lake boy. That's right. Yeah, I don't know. I still think maybe he would have. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. So, like I said, the cops arrive at Camp Crystal Lake. The sheriff goes to see what happened to Paula, and we just, this is when we see that room. That's where we see the blood room. Blood. Yeah. We have some other cops go out looking for Jason or anyone in particular, and, well, we have kill number 16. Jason Hawkeyes a cop in the head with, I don't know what exactly it was, yeah, we were trying to figure it out. It looked it looked almost like a metal 
like pen mm-hmm. with I like a say feather or something on the end of it. It was something to do, excuse me, with like a fishing. Yeah, you brought that up, and I think you're right. Because yeah, the the bit on the end reminded me of like a fishing, like a lure like, kind of lure. Yeah, yeah. And they were at the lake, and I think he was fucking around with like maybe it was like the end of a harpoon or something. Yeah, yeah. I don't know, but he gets him straight in the head. He falls into a boat. I thought that was great because mm-hmm. he just fucking throws it. Yeah, it's like a little dart. <laughs> <laughs> then we have kill number seventeen. We have another cop <laughs> who gets snuck up on, and his head gets crushed. Which is pretty cool. Yeah, but you also see him. <laughs> Try and fill Jason up with bullets, and those bullets do not stop Jason. They don't do a thing. We have the kids all getting together and hiding in a cabin. There were some uh, some kids that we didn't really mention that have lines that are supposed to be oh, kind of funny, right? Which I thought you would appreciate. It felt kind of like your type of humor. Uh, maybe not so much. <laughs> okay. It was like these two kids that kept focusing on these two boys, and one of them would be like, "They're under the bed," and it was like, "Well, what did you want to be when you grew up?" Or whatever. We're definitely dead meat or something. Yeah. They say, or something. And then he cuts back and he's like, oh, yeah, we're definitely dead meat. Like, this is stupid. I I, I feel like that, for me, meets more like the fourth wall break. Mm, yeah. Yeah, I see that. So the sheriff ends up coming face to face with Jason. And I love this, that he just doesn't really, like, he stops for a second. And they're facing each other, but then he just yeah, because the, the sheriff has a shotgun on him, and Jason's standing there with a machete, and they're both just kind of like, ah, okay, okay, <laughs> okay. <laughs> what do we now? What do we do? And the sheriff just fucking fills him up with bullets. Oh yeah, he blows him away. Jason goes flying. The first time I like that he's just lying there, and he shoots up with his arms out, yeah, oh, like zombie like style. Three and times he shoots him again. Yeah, oh, <laughs> ah, oh, <laughs> ah. <laughs> He, finally, like, this is awesome. he runs out of bullets with that, fills him up with bullets from the pistol. And in a moment, we both sort of said out loud to each other, like, as soon as the sheriff is out of bullets, he just books it. Yeah, just turns around and sprints <laughs> into the dark. I'm and like, yeah, that's what you're supposed to just do. Empties everything into him. And is like, OK, that didn't work. Bye. And just leaves. Other movies you'd see, like the cops stand there, try and refill their gun or just yeah, like, or like hit him with the butt of the shotgun or something. It's like, nope. You did the only things you could try to do in this situation. So Tommy and Megan now make it to the camp. Megan ends up finding Sissy's head in one of the cop cars. She freaks out. So this entire time, too, Jason is hunting the sheriff. But then Jason hears Megan like screaming, "Ah, oh, dad, daddy, where are daddy. You? And Jason starts going after her. And then the sheriff says, not her. No. And in a bit that I liked, he kind of beats up Jason for about 20 seconds. Yeah, he kicks his ass. Gets him down to the ground. Yeah. With like a fucking log and then a rock, he's just bashing his face. I'm like, I think. Oh yeah, he'd be like, maybe you win. Hits it a bunch, yeah, yeah. Well, I also forgot to mention the sheriff did manage to shoot Jason like right in the head too. Oh, that's right. There's now a bullet in the mask, and he did react to that one. Yeah, he stopped. The only bullet he reacted to. Mm-hmm. Well, this doesn't last very long. The sheriff kicking Jason's ass because we have kill number eighteen. Jeff, can you describe this kill <laughs> for me? Um. I was kind of going to ask you, but let me tell you what I how I interpreted the scene, because it's kind of dark. Yeah, it looks like. So the sheriff is mounting Jason because mm-hmm. he's bashing like we're saying face. he has a stone in, in his two hands, just bashing his face in. And then Jason seems to be like over it. So he sits up and pushes the sheriff's torso back and like breaks him in half. Correct. Because his legs are back. Yep. So he like bent, broken backwards that's right it's pretty fucking gnarly. Yeah, it was fucked up very bloodless i was kind of hoping maybe yeah yeah it was dark very true 
Uh, my next note just says Tommy gets a big rock in a boat. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot, a long, <laughs> a lot of long scenes of Tommy just slowly pushing, slowly a moving giant a giant rock. boulder, <laughs> and then like putting a chain around it. Took me a while to figure out what his plan was. Mm-hmm. Which, gonna be honest, not maybe not the best plan. Mm-hmm. Like it may, you know, maybe it worked in the end, but like it seems to be his plan is put a big, huge, heavy rock into this little tiny boat. <laughs> tie chain around it and then make like a noose out of the other side and then just kind of like Toro just kind of like come here Jason get over here and then he's gonna like get put on here. him like a necklace yeah and then That's I guess throw the rock plan. in the water yeah but like there's a lot of Tommy just like sitting in the boat holding up the chain like a uh, noose like like lasso like look I'm sort of doing this yeah, right come over here I just be like no you know but I guess Jason again he's like Animalistic like an in a sense now. Yeah. Well, this is the bit like you're saying where Jason just busts into the cabin filled with all the children. He ends up coming across Megan, tries to crush her head. And then Tommy gets Jason's attention by calling him a pussy. That's Jason's right. like, oh, all right. He's like, wow, dude. Uncalled for. It <laughs> was, was really rude, man. Yeah, no need to get personal. Asshole! It's me, you won't remember? Come on! Come on, chicken shit! Come on, I'm standing here waiting! Come on, you pussy! And so he just starts going towards Tommy and this is a bit that you spoke out loud which is something I thought the very first time I saw this was that why Tommy did you put your boat so far out in the water yeah just a little bit too far Jason he's walking the water and you get into a certain point and he just his head disappears under he just goes under completely and it's like well how are you supposed to noose him and it's just Tommy's (laughs) sitting there again holding his little (laughs) chain like uh looking around like an idiot yeah like What's your plan here, guy? But he did have a little bit of a plan because he puts yeah. gasoline in the water around him. So he surrounds himself in a circle of fire that he sets Which, off. Why? You know, I what did that know. do? <laughs> <laughs> it made it worse for him. Yeah. Because <laughs> like Jason's underwater. Yeah. He just walk around wherever he wants. The fire doesn't go underwater. Yeah. It's like it just increases the chances of him lighting his own boat on fire. Yeah, that's something that occurred. I don't know if it was like, if there's bubbling, I don't know if it was supposed to be like boiling the water or something. I think that was supposed to show that that's where Jason was. Oh, okay. Because that's why he sort of had the He kind of hovers the like chain noose over that. And then Jason, in classic Lake Boy style. I wrote that down. From the very first movie. (laughs) Pops up out of the water behind him. From behind. Splash! And like grabs him. Yeah. And then they tussle for a while. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of like, Tommy trying to like grab the chain and then like drops it and then kind of they wrestle a little bit more and then he picks up the chain and he drops it. You know, they do that a few times. I love that at a certain point, Jason does fall back into the water, but then when he jumps out, he's now on fire. Yeah, so like you were yeah. saying, it's hey. you just made the situation terrible for yourself. Yeah, Tommy. yeah. Because now, yeah, your boat's on fire. Yeah. Oh, oh. But then he does get the chain around his neck mm-hmm. and he slowly tightens it, just cinches the little chain closed as the boat breaks in half. Yep. But then the boulder falls to the to the bottom. And so it kind of worked. We get to see a cool little nod to the original Camp Crystal Lake by seeing the Welcome to Camp Crystal Lake sign at the bottom of the lake. That's right. But someone has spray painted out Crystal Lake and they wrote blood. I think that was in Welcome one of the other Camp movies, blood. too. I think so. Too, yeah. yeah. So I, I like. We should spray paint your job. sign and put blood. No, I really like it. Oh, OK. You got it for me. <laughs> what are you going to get home? And it's going to say, welcome to Camp Poop. I'll, know, I'll definitely know it's you. <laughs> well, at this point, Tommy is about to escape, but he gets his leg grabbed and Jason successfully chokes him out. And you just see Tommy's body slowly. Well, like Jason just lets go of him after he just passes out. 
yeah, he just kind of like, I do like he's choking him. And then he, Tommy goes unconscious and he, you see him just kind of stop for a second. And like, I don't know if he <laughs> shook him or like poked him or something, but it was like, huh, oh, OK. All right. Well, that was easy. He just <laughs> lets him go. <laughs> so Megan sees him surface just floating on his face and tries to grab him. Mm-hmm. So she goes into the water and I guess she doesn't realize that Jason is like, down there. Still down there. Yeah. Or maybe she didn't realize like the depth. So Jason grabs her foot. And tries pulling her down, but she ends up using the motor from the boat, turns it on, and it hits Jason right in like the chest. Something like that. Somewhere in the upper, upper areas. Upper chestal region. Chest, shoulder, head. So what I am gathering is that it's just like, I like when it hits him. You just see his body like he lets He's go. Just, his he body starts, starts shaking, shaking. <laughs> wiggling. And it's like, and I was like, that's awesome. And you just see blood and crap pouring out of him. And so what I am assuming has happened is that it eventually like got down to his spine or something. Because hmm. you saw, remember, his head jerked to the side and he stopped moving completely. I figured that was just him like, like, I'm dead now. I don't know. Oh. But maybe okay. yeah, it severed his spine. Yucks. It did something to him because he is. He, he stops dead. moving. Megan takes Tommy back into the shore. Gives him CPR and really bad CPR. Yeah, she kind of like kisses him on the mouth and gently rubs his chest. I thought that was CPR. And then he kind of just spits out a teaspoon of water and is like, oh, I'm alive. He says, it's over. It's finally over. Jason's home. And then we have a shot of the little boat burning on the lake as all the kids, by the way, are all surrounding this. That would have been traumatic if he was dead. Yeah. Very much They're so. like, Megan, make camp camp counselor Megan, what's happening? And she's like, I just dragged this dead guy up on the beach. He's dead. <laughs> he's dead. He's dead. <laughs> but luckily he's alive. <laughs> we now have our final shots of the lake as we now go underwater to Jason's floating corpse. And one single eye remains <gasps> open underwater. Yeah, arguably not underwater, but I know it's supposed to be. Very clear that it's not. Jeff, what did you think about that ending song by wow. Alice Cooper? Hit. Oh. One hit wonder, am I right? What do you mean one hit wonder? Huh? Alice Cooper? What the hell? <laughs> we have the ending song written Man, specifically for this movie. Coming out on the hole, <laughs> coming at you. And they're camping and kissing till they get all cut up. You said something really funny. You like how movies back then, they would just not really talk about the movie itself. It's like, oh, there's some dude trying to kill you. I don't remember. Okay. (laughs) Well, forget I said any of that. Well, I'm glad you thought it was funny. Oh, yeah. Whatever. You you got some pretty good lines. Hey, thanks. Yeah, you're welcome. Well, Jeff. That's our movie. That is our movie. Let's move into the final thoughts of Friday the 13th, part six. Jason lives. Jefferson, question number one for you. Did you like this movie? So. I've been keeping it. I've been trying to keep it under wraps. I know I can tell this whole thing. I feel like this may or may not surprise you. I'm sad. I don't know. I legitimately don't know this. I'm going to say Friday the 13th, part six. Jason lives is gonna be my favorite of all the friday the 13th movies so far wow okay that's honestly where i thought i was hoping i was not expecting that good yeah same here i was like this one's gonna be 
more of the, the worst, probably. Damn. I don't know why I thought it was going to be the worst of all. It felt like jumping the shark a little bit oh, based on the description. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. We need more money. So I figured they'd throw it to some whatever and like some shit director. And because I didn't know anything about it. Mm hmm. And then as soon as the movie started, it was kind of like, huh, intriguing. Something's different. Yeah. Like stylistically, I felt already more interested in the way this was shot. Mm -hmm. The use of like color and light and everything felt different. Like it felt like it was supposed to be more almost like, I don't know. It was like Halloween aesthetic kind Mm -hmm. of. It's like fog and the dude with the shovel and there's lightning. And it was kind of like, it kind of reminded me actually of the beginning of I think the last one with uh, Corey, Corey yeah, yeah, in the yeah. very beginning. I remember saying like, this is really cool. And then it cut to the movie that I was like, was you are right. Lame. You did say that, huh? So I was like, this whole movie felt like that vibe kind of um, they kept that aesthetic that you wanted for that feel. Yeah. And like, I mean, come on, how are you going to beat Jason? The intro is him coming to life. Frankenstein style. Hell yeah. That's fucking sick. Yeah. He's bugs. And then lightning brings <laughs> him to life. Because of the revenge stake that's in his heart. Mm-hmm. So cool. Oh, uh, well, we have actually like completed this trilogy of the Tommy Jarvis trilogy. In oh, that's right. The Friday the 13th series. Is there so, another name for it or is it? I think it's just like called the Tommy Jarvis oh, trilogy. Okay. What's or, the Thorn trilogy? I know you bring that up. That's Halloween. That's Halloween. Okay. Yeah, four through six. Okay. For some reason, that's stuck in my head. So we are now starting the beginning of the Undead Jason trilogy. These are Ooh, like unofficial you know, right. titles. There's the. The Day After Trilogy, the Tommy Jarvis Trilogy, and now the Undead Jason Trilogy. The Tommy Trilogy. Wait, so this marks the end of the Tommy Trilogy and the beginning of the Undead? It's kind of like a transition? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. I think that a lot of this movie, yeah, just looks really good. I. Yeah, where did you... Because I know you like this movie, you yeah. kind of mentioned, but like compared to the other, not the later ones, but the five leading up to it and like... So this one for you, you know, and number four are two of my favorites. Okay, I think like this and four go back and forth, sort of like Hellraiser one and Hellraiser two. Just Mm -hmm. sort of depends what mood I'm I'm feeling. Because this is sillier. This is much sillier, which is something that the studio sort of they didn't necessarily want silly, but they wanted something different because this has been like you said, just so much of the same at this point. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, number five just got shit on so much. That like the one requirement is that the director needed Jason to be in this. Right. And they're like, okay, five was too different. We need different, but we need Jason. And like the producers and people who worked on this movie, they gave Tom McLaughlin like a bit of creative freedom. They said, just follow these few rules that we have, but then this is pretty much yours to do with it. And I really like that. And it is sort of what the series needed, a little kick in the kick in the tush mm-hmm. to get itself back on track. Unfortunately, like we did mention never really recovered after number five. They all yeah. slowly went downhill, but I think that this kept the series alive. If they had done more of the same, I don't think this would have, it would have kept the series going. Mm-hmm. I like the humor elements that are added into it. I like that. It's a little bit like, I can't really think of a movie off the top of my head around this time that was sort of poking fun at horror movies and not right. taking itself seriously. And did you already mention? Oops. Oh, uh, Kevin Williamson. Yeah. Did you mention? No. Uh, but that exactly. Uh, I I was reading that Kevin Williamson, the writer and not director, the writer of Scream, Scream Two, and maybe some of the other and ones. And Final I don't know. Destination. And Final Destination. That's right. Um, loved this one. 
Mm-hmm. This is his, I think he said his favorite of all of them, or at least up until that point. And it inspired him to write the screen movies because of the, like, like you're saying the, the fact that it's kind of like one, a good slasher movie. And then also a parody at the same time. And he's like, Oh, I love that. It's like the two can coexist. And it's like this fun, like playful thing. And so he ended up doing scream and yeah, all those. Yeah. yeah that's and, tight. And so this director was offered scream, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think he turned it down because he'd sort of already done what he wanted with this movie. Right, right, right. And then Wes Craven, of course. And so then going back to what you're asking me, I I, I like number four a lot because of the more serious 80s slasher vibe. But then Mm -hmm. the fun of this movie and the fact that we now have the introduction of an undead, mindless zombie killer. Mm -hmm. It's pretty cool. Remind me, you already said, but four, which one was four? That is the final chapter. The one, the last one where he's like alive. The one where... Tommy, kid Tommy Jarvis. What's the actor's name? Um, Corey. Corey Feldman. He ends by killing Jason with the machete. Right, right, right. Die, 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 die. Tommy. That was me being Trish. (laughs) And that's the one with the, right, the last, because I forget that five was kind of its own thing. So Mm -hmm. four is the one with the older Tommy played by. Four was the one with younger Tommy. By, oh, oh, you're right. Tommy's in five. It's a, yeah, it's the different actor. Yeah. Uh, see, I get so confused. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Remember Tommy decides to shave his head and go, he breaks bad. That's right. He's like, look at me. I'm he Jason. Like, he looks kind of like uncle Fester. <laughs> 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 like baby yeah. uncle Fester. And I think, uh, one of our favorite kills from number four was when there was that one guy who got killed by Jason and you hear him say, he's killing me. He's killing me. <laughs> I think that's, that's unanimously right. yours, mine and James's favorite yeah. kill. He's killing me. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. Okay, I'm on the same page now. So, I mean, I, I, you have asked me like which one of these movies I like most and all that. I think that they are all very solid in their own ways. They are, now that I've seen them, I get what you're saying. It's like, it's almost like saying, what's your favorite movie? And it's like, well, you know, they're comedies and action movies. And it's almost like a different genre in a way. Like, yeah, and this one sets itself apart, mm-hmm. and it's just so much fun. It it's not really over the top gory. There is some like intense scenes, but I yeah, I would be I wouldn't be too surprised if this was PG thirteen. Same, like here. there's a few things that push it where I'm like, okay, clearly it's not. But off the bat, like that first kill when Jason puts his hand and grabs a dude's heart, I'm like, mm-hmm. that is. I thought that was going to set a tone with the first time I saw it. Me too, because that is pretty grisly. And then I was like, yeah, this is what I'm this is kind of what we've been getting. And then it was like, oh, a lot of the kills after that were off screen or like. Yeah, like off screen and then it would cut back and it would be the aftermath, but not the actual killing. Yeah. Or like no blood or whatever. I was like, oh, okay. Or you just see a dude's body go flying in the background. Yeah, a lot of flying bodies and hand through the heart and probably Trish's not Trish sissy's head getting pulled off. But again, that was surprisingly bloodless. Yeah. So. Yeah, uh, I do. I would have preferred more blood, but that's just the the gore hound in me. Oh, 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 oh. Like nothing compares, you know, like comparing this movie to Kevin Bacon getting a mm. arrow straight through the throat or chest and or whatever, like blood, and come blood out is and gurgling. It's like very different. I think I mentioned this when I saw that at the Tower Theater, I think last month. I was just sort of surprised by some of those kills because, you know, it's the first one in the series and the rating hadn't, the MPA hadn't like 
didn't know what to expect. Right. And so they were able to get by on a bunch of like that stuff. When one of the characters gets the axe to the face, which is my favorite kill on that one. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, damn, like, yeah, yeah. the camera lingers on that for a second. Yeah. This is like, fuck. Yeah. And you see the whole thing. Like in this movie, it would have been like the axe coming down and then it cuts away to like yeah. someone's reaction or something. Which is something, unfortunately, a lot of these movies did start to suffer from. Yeah. I say suffer, but it's just something that the MPA cracked down on. Mm-hmm. So the kills, these movies got to like less and less. Right as intense but still pretty pretty grisly yeah and i would say like because of that this would be a good intro and i'm even not intro movie but like an earlier for someone who's like horror movies i'm kind of interested you Mm -hmm. know who or who's someone who's just curious about friday the 13th it's like this feels very classic yes this is kind of what i having never seen any of these movies this is the vibe i imagined all the movies were i feel like this does set that tone essentially because Mm -hmm. One, it was the mom. Two, it was bad boy that not a lot of people really. I mean, right, I was like, oh, I didn't like, realize he didn't even have a mask until, until number three. Third one, like halfway through the movie. It was an hour right. into the movie. He gets the mask. Yeah. And then, yeah, number four, I think, sort of set it as the the hockey wearing killer. Mm-hmm. And that one probably feels like most like the real classic, you know, like you said, the serious slasher takes yes. itself seriously. And then this is the Jason that most people know. It's just a silent mm-hmm. zombie animalistic killer. Yeah. Oh, and I was reading this is the first one where he like does the walk. He like speed walks instead of runs. Oh, okay. That oh. A lot of people kind of make fun of, but it's like <laughs> cla- it's a classic thing with him too. Yeah. All right, Jeff, next question for you. Okay. Is this a movie you'll watch again? Uh, I'll probably watch this one again. Mm-hmm. This feels like another Halloween type like I'll put it on on at Halloween or something, you know. I feel like that's becoming one of like the new ratings that we yeah, do. Yeah, totally. Where it's part of it now. Like, can you put this on and sort of enjoy it? And sorry to just go back to what you're saying sure. to a movie, an intro movie. I think that this you could easily show someone this and just be like, oh yeah, well he's a zombie, and you're yeah, not really they missing kind of, any story. And like Tommy, wait, what's he talking? It's like no, nope, it doesn't really matter. And they give enough little context clues where, oh yeah, uh, sorry, your family got murdered by this guy. Right. It's like oh. I guess that's all I need to know, really. And if anything, it's like, well, if you like this, you can go back and it just treat them like prequels. And then you can watch all those leading up to. Exactly. Yeah. I think a lot of these, maybe not four, maybe not three. I don't know. I think these the, these movies are good. You can just slide in anywhere for the most part. Yeah, pretty. I think so, too. I think the later ones, it gets a little bit more complicated, like number seven, hmm. number nine, especially when he's a gross bug man, <laughs> gross worm. He's a worm that'll suck your soul shit and i can't wait to watch it with you (laughs) okay yeah now i'm looking forward to those movies all right final question for you jeff Uh, is this a movie you chose somebody i guess you just answered that uh i would yeah yeah yeah. i'd show people this movie out of all of the ones we've watched so far what would you say is your second favorite Ooh, roy no just kidding (laughs) uh i don't know maybe maybe one I have been giving uh, number one a lot more respect and love as in the past couple of years. I kind of have to watch it again. It's been so long. I do have to revisit that one. I mean, it is the classic sets it up. Right. It's just not Jason, but it's still, it's very good. Mm -hmm. I I feel like I got to rewatch one and four now. Cool. All right. Well, let's move into a second. We haven't done in a hot second. Jeff, what was your favorite kill of this movie? Ooh, that is a great question. Do you know what your favorite kill is? (laughs) Yeah. Man, no hesitation. No. Um, it'll probably have to be one of the early, one of the early kills. It's mm-hmm. going to be my guy from ghost being <laughs> like kind of skewered and tossed to the side, Yeah, which like, I don't think he's dead by the way. 
I mean, he got stabbed pretty good. He was like, yeah, and he just like flew off screen. And she was like, I guess he's dead. He probably bled out after that. You kidding yeah, me? Yeah, true. I was going to guess that or the one where Sissy just gets pulled out the window. It's that just, was my that was a contender. We both laughed at both of those bits. Yeah. It's just like it just looks so good. Just the way they're like the shape of their bodies. too. It was like, it, I think they're dummies. You know, I think it's they like, were. God, too. It was funny. Yeah. Uh, what about you? What was your favorite kill? Mine is going to be kill number 18. The sheriff getting his body bent Oof. broken backwards. I like how mine are always like that one was funny. The body kind of <laughs> wiggled and you're like. I like the one where they've uh, peeled his skin off. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah, cool, man. Same, that was similar cool. Vibe. <laughs> it was just, I mean, obviously it was a dummy. But yeah, it totally. just It did look goofy and funny, but it also just showed that brutality of Jason mm-hmm. that I don't think was demonstrated too, I don't want to say well. It just wasn't demonstrated as much in this movie as I wish it had. Yeah, I've realized that you kind of need that for these movies to work. You need at least a little bit of demonstration of like, Like you're saying, how brutal he is to be like, oh, shit, when he shows up. I think the first kill, Hawes, who gets his heart busted through his chest. That's like a close contender. Yeah. But yeah, like uh, I like that that did sort of set the tone for what Jason is now. I mean, I'm sure he probably could have done that if he was still alive, but it's brutal. And then it's more just like stab, stab, stabs. Right. And I did say that one of the things I was sort of disappointed by in Scream 2 was that the kills were just very much the same. It's yeah, rather stab, 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 or your throat is getting slit. Mm-hmm. And so with this, we have different ways, at least, you know, you're getting stabbed by more than just a knife. Right. You have the groundskeeper getting his throat hit by a bottle after he got caught. You got mm-hmm. people being macheted. You have, you have a, a three-head machete. Spike. You have a fence spike. You have a back break backwards, mm-hmm. bending. Has been head crushed, crushed yeah. twisted off, you which know, I all think, kinds of stuff. yeah. So I like having variety. It's nice to see it. And yeah. whatever happened to that poor woman in the cabin that we'll never know. Which just oh. the walls painted with her yeah. blood. <laughs> oh my god! So I'm imagining. I'm imagining. He's just in there for hours. Like, ugh. <laughs> that's yeah, yeah. So using her torso. <laughs> Jeff just demonstrated with his hands. Like I'm assuming a body just rubbing it on the walls, <laughs> and that's what I was going to try and explain. Is yeah, yeah, he just takes it and just rubs arms and torsos. It's like I guess. He's like, I don't know, man. Finger painting, right? Yeah. I'm doing this for too long. <laughs> ah, this is relaxing. <laughs> All righty, yeah. Jeff. Let's move into the rating of this movie. Out of. Uh, do you want to come up with this one? Uh, out of. Seven. I'll do 13. OK. <laughs> <laughs> and then I come up with the thing. You're like, you know, what? no, let's do this other thing. <laughs> out of 13. Big boulders <laughs> in a little boat. Yeah, I like this. How many big boulders in a little in a, if that's a kind of a tongue twister? It's how true. many big boulders in a little boat would you give part six? Damn. Out of 13. I am gonna have to give this eleven out of thirteen big boulders in a little boat. Wow. Yeah. Pretty good. I wish I could remember what I gave part four. I want to say I gave it like something very similar. Did you write that one down? No, I don't think. Right. I feel like you didn't start recording your reviews until later. Yeah, I'm gonna have to go back and look that up. But it's so fun. Mm-hmm. It is the Jason that, as we mentioned before, a lot of people I think are familiar with. There are some great kills. I like both of the lead actors. I think Tom Matthews did a really good job. And Me too. then the who was it that played Megan? Megan. Jennifer Cook did a really good job at being 
both like she can take a moment seriously, but she was also able to have fun with things. Mm-hmm. I felt like they're very charismatic. Both. Yeah, I think that's the word I'm looking for. They're both very charismatic. Mm-hmm. I really like that everyone had fun on set. Like reading more about the background of this, that does help make this movie overall just better for me. Mm-hmm. There was a pretty funny thing that I read that apparently all these actors agreed to be in this movie because they didn't really have anything else going on. They're like, <laughs> I guess. Sure, man. Like, I who, who might have passed on a role right now? It's a Friday yeah. the 13th movie, but I don't have anything else right now. And I like that they all just kind of came together and, and made this movie that helped revitalize this franchise that could have died. Yeah, after the last one. And I really like that they kept the Tommy Jarvis character going. I like that there was a trilogy here in, in its in its own way. I sort of wish we could have seen the original idea for the follow-up to number five, mm-hmm. including those cast members. But they just, in stride, took this new story and said, hey, let's forget a lot about number five because that one sucked. <laughs> <laughs> Even though it, I am a big appreciator of it and I do really like it. Mm-hmm. I like that Tommy was able to kind of get his revenge on Jason and we see... Some really some really cool things in this movie. Yeah. What about you, Jeff? Out of 13, what was it boulders? Big and a, boulders and a little boat. How many big boulders and a little boat would you give this movie? Man, I got to say, probably, probably pretty close. Maybe 11. Oh, right. I was kind of hovering around nine. But then as you're talking about it, it really does. I mean, I don't know. First of all, I can't see rating another Friday the 13th higher than this one. Yeah. I'd be surprised. As far as like other movies in general, <laughs> you know, like, but even honestly, this movie is, it is fun. Like I, I could see you rewatching this a bunch of times Yeah, and it being like, it's just a new, like, oh, I'll just put that on, you know, not just randomly at any day, but yeah, definitely up there. So I'd say 11. Hell yeah. For sure. I never thought I would get that high of a rating out of a thir- Friday the 13th movie for me. Man, me neither. I really went into this movie expecting you to see these kind of comedic elements and mm-hmm. just really hate it. Be like, <laughs> wow, they took something that's already shitty and they made it shittier. It's like, wow, now it's fucking obnoxious. Yes, I did see that yeah. being a possibility. Even the stuff that I rolled my eyes at, it's not like I'm like, don't. It's just kind of like, okay, a little too much. But I almost kind of like... Again, going back to the fourth wall break, it's like I roll my eyes and I'm like, don't do that. But then part of me is like, yes. And a lot of so stupid, a lot of fans of the time really did not like, oh, vibe with this movie. I can. I mean, understand to be fair, if I was like a big fan of something and then they released a movie that was kind of like mocking it mm-hmm. in a way, though, you can tell they really appreciate the series. It's like it might rub me the wrong way. I think I remember reading that one of the directions that the director had to follow was, you know, you can make this funny, but just don't, you can't make fun of Jason. Right. Like you can like have, he trips or something. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't have those sorts of things happen to him, but otherwise yeah. everything else is free reign. I honestly, I think that's smart. Even mm-hmm. from like, a, if it wasn't producers or whatever, it's like as a creative standpoint, like, or coming from a creative standpoint, having Jason be like goofy would have just made the movie boring, I think. I think it just would have taken away from the character. Yeah, it's like he's supposed to be this intimidating figure. You can have some comedic elements, but... Especially now that he's a zombie. Yeah, it's like now it's just a different thing. If it's like, boing, it's the whole thing's a joke. It's like, okay, whatever. And as you were saying, at least 
if this movie may have comedic elements, fans who really like this character still can like vibe with this Jason. He's still Mm -hmm. like a serious fucking murderer. Right. So he's like a big, crazy, scary guy. Yeah. So hang on to that. Hate all the comedic elements, but this is something I mean, I I don't feel like they went overboard with the comedicness, which which, which is good. And I feel like this is something that a lot of movie series should do. I'm kind of thinking about the Marvel movies in particular, where Mm -hmm. they've become so formulaic and generic that you need to be able to give directors like their own creative freedom control while keeping them in certain constraints. But like, which is funny because that's kind of how it started where they're like, oh, people really like when there's comedy and stuff because it's like, I I think it might have been James Gunn or someone was talking about it where they're like, life has comedy in it. Yeah. So if you have things are scarier or cooler or whatever, more dramatic, even like when there are moments that make you laugh because it's like, oh, it's like real life. It feels like you're not trying to be serious and cool. That's one of the things that I feel not to delve into superhero movies, but like the Batman movie. Yeah, it's a little, you know, it's very like uh, everything's so serious. You know, it's like have a little humor in there. And there, maybe there was. But like, um, I think it's smart to to sprinkle a little humor into all genres. A little humor and also just, uh, I'm so glad that they gave this director the creative control. Me too. He, like the, that level that he had. Mm-hmm. And I think that they do take number seven in a bit more of a serious route. Mm-hmm. But that's why this one sort of stands out on its own. And that's why I've just kind of connected with this one so much because it has a little bit of its own identity to it. Mm-hmm. You've talked about how looking back at the others, it is just kids getting murdered yeah, with yeah, a yeah. very not serious tone, but there's not really anything else to it. And yeah, it's very like, I don't know. What's your name, John? Cool. Let's have sex. And then they all get murdered one by one. It's like, oh, OK, I get it. So even things like the paintball scene, I used uh-huh. to roll my eyes a lot at that. I think maybe I, it was, that was just because it was early on when I saw this movie. But now I'm like, yeah, like it is I rolly, but it's also just sort of dumb and funny right. to me. Yeah. It's like, ah, this is the director. Like, this is a bit of the director right there. Mm-hmm. You can see that that's what he wanted to do. And it's something that none of the other movies have really done. Right. That I can remember off the top of my head. And it is funny, like you said, knowing that it's like everyone liked him and everyone had a good time making it. It weirdly mm, helps me forgive certain things. And I'm like, oh, that's kind of dumb. And I'm like, whatever. They're, it's like. It's all fun and games, you know? Yeah. I was reading somewhere, too, that the director's wife, who was the girl who got killed, uh, Elizabeth, I think was her mm-hmm. name. She was sort of like the den mother to everybody, like oh, taking nice. care of everyone. She was always on set and just being like super helpful and nice. And everyone just fucking loved her. That's so, awesome. Yeah, Little things like that. It's yeah. when a family, you know, comes together when you're making a movie or when you're doing any sort of project where you're mm-hmm. all together for a long amount of time. It's right. nice to have that camaraderie. All righty. Jeff, let's move into everyone's favorite segment of the show. Tops and bottoms. Like it or hate it. One one star review, and one five star review of this movie. For the five star review from Letterboxd by user Jade Talks Too Much. Zombie Jason's here. Hooray. This movie is so good. The opening with Jason's corpse being accidentally reanimated from the grave by lightning is so absurd. And the James Bond gun barrel shot. Perfection. Tommy has inexplicable. Has inexplicably, I'm having a rough time. <laughs> Tommy has inexplicably transformed from the flat charisma vacuum from part five into a hunky Emilio Estevez looking charmer. No explanation for the personality slash face transplant is given, and we all just roll with it. Megan might be the mouthiest, 
horniest final girl I've ever seen. She spends the whole movie thirsting after Tommy and giving nonstop snarky comebacks. She wouldn't shut up, and I'd love to see it. Definitely a fave of mine. The end credit song, He's Back, is so cool. Really funny, self-aware movie, classic Jason, although I still like part three more. Five stars. I agree Sorry. with you. I, I love that review. That's perfect. I think that's literally all the things that we've said. Mm-hmm. I don't feel like I gave enough credit to the actors or we said un- enough about them. I thought that the Megan, the final girl, was great. Mm-hmm. That whole review of her right there is spot on. She is so fun. She is probably one of my favorite Friday the 13th final girls. She's great. Yeah. I think. Very likable characters. Yeah. I think she is actually my favorite Friday the 13th final girl. Mm-hmm. That might change when we watch the other ones, but just that's all I can think of right now. <laughs> all right. For our one star review, we have Letterboxd user Chuni Fish. No, just no. I can't stand comedy horror. American Werewolf being the exception. And this was just dreadful. Parts one and two had a low budget grittiness, which I liked. This sort of stuff is just not my cup of tea. Bailed halfway. Not sure I'll finish the series at this point. Damn. Wow, Chuny Fish. I mean, and what we said before, I mean, I get it. If someone's like, I want gritty, dramatic, scary horror. It's like, mm-hmm. well, that's not what this is. That's definitely not what this is. But, you know, finish the movie. Come on. I, I mean, if they're not going to finish it, I'd say at least move on to number seven because it does get a little bit more dark. There's like a psychic girl in that, too. Hmm. And no spoilers for you, Jeff, but there might be a psychic girl in the next one. <laughs> well, uh, you heard it here, Chuny Fish. Don't give up on the series. But give up on the movie if you want. I yeah, don't care. Skip this one then. Go no, to go to seven. No hair off my back. Yeah. No hair off my uh turn. Oh, I was yeah, that's pretty good. <laughs> All right. Well, Jeff, this episode has gone on quite a while. I feel like whenever we talk about the Friday the thirteenth movies, there's just always so much to say. A, because I I absolutely love this series. And B, there's just a lot to them. They can either be really fun or we can just shit on them like uh, <laughs> like has been done in the past. But mm-hmm. this one was I'm glad a hit out of the park for you because baseball <sighs> references make sense in a horror podcast. <laughs> All right. Can you please wrap this podcast up, Jeff? Because I am ready to call it quits. Well, first, I'd like to thank our lovely, handsome, beautiful producers. Shout out. James Miller, Joshua Hansen and Fernando Diaz. And uh, they are producers on this show uh, via our Patreon, uh, patreon.com slash H-H-O-H. They're final girls. And when Whedon, you are on that final girls level tier, you will get a shout out at the end of the show. So thank you, guys. And thank also that. thank you, everyone else who supports us on the Patreon. That is just very nice. Yeah, Megan's actually our fourth favorite final girl, mm-hmm. right under um, James, Josh, and Fernando. Of course. And don't forget, those contributions on the Patreon are going to us buying a yacht to host our very, not just our, but the very first podcast recorded on a yacht. Maybe the fastest podcast. Probably, because we'll be going super speed. That's right. Vroom, vroom. As a boat goes. Uh, you can buy merchandise, podcast merchandise, that is, which maybe we'll add some stuff pretty soon. I keep forgetting at heroes.com. You can follow the podcast and get little updates or just horror content. Honestly, a lot of horror content unrelated to the podcast for fun at heroes of horror. And also on TikTok, you can follow Steve, the host mm-hmm. at Steve with a bunch of E's. You can follow me at Art of Jefferson. You can follow Ugly Cowboy at Ugly Cowboy Co. You can 
Give us a call at the Hot Take Hotline. Emails right on the Instagram. I mean, uh-oh, phone numbers right on the Instagram. There's also just hit the little contact button and push that little button and it'll call us up. We won't answer. It'll just be a little voicemail and then you can sing us a little ditty and we'll slap it right in the next episode. Or you can tell us your thoughts on Friday the 13th Part 6. Were you a fan of the direction that this movie went in? like we were or were you a little less receptive to it because we would like to hear we love to know people's thoughts and opinions and let us know if you're excited for friday the 13th part seven a new blood whenever we may be doing that was your favorite uh, part five and you feel personally attacked by that we keep making fun of roy being uh the killer in that one but don't let us know because you all know that i also really do like part five oh you know what i saw uh, my friend matt sent me this really funny music video. It's about like this kid who watches one of the scenes from Friday the 13th part five. It's like that sex scene in the, in the woods mm-hmm. and then Jason's there and he's like really kind of like turned on by the, by the lady and then the murder happens and he gets all like confused and scared and it's pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like a legitimate music video too. Oh, okay. It's like a pretty jamming song. So yeah. I'll probably link that somewhere on the Instagram or in the show notes. Cause I think that's worth a check out for nice. sure. If you could all please rate and review the podcast, that would be so cool. If you give us five stars and you are able to leave a review on the app, we will read that review out live. All reviews really do help. They help get the word out there. And we would love to just be in more people's ears and have you all listen to us talk about horror in a very laid back, easy, easy flowing way. We're like uh, we're like easy listening radio exactly. for horror. Exactly. Tell a friend. Tell your mom. Tell Jeff to tell someone. Yeah. Tell my mom. Tell Jeff's mom. Hey, Glenna, if you're listening, what's up? She loves horror movies. <laughs> yeah, we are really still trying to get to a broader audience. So any help, any review, anything really does go a long way. So thank you for that. I am not really sure what we have on the books for the next week. I am traveling back to the East Coast for a little while, so I'm not sure if we're going to be able to get any content up for then, but we'll try and get something going. Keep your keep your ears peeled. Yeah. Keep those ears peeled and eyes open, open. I guess, you know, <laughs> yeah. better than closed. Yeah, if you do follow uh, the Instagram, we'll see. We'll keep. It'll be it'll be uh, dramatic. It'll be like a jump scare. Yeah, maybe we'll try and do a little Minnesota or a commentary even though those don't do very well. We've only done two. Yeah. But they slowly Maybe get. Maybe this one will just we'll knock it out of the park. Everyone <laughs> will love it. If you guys ever want to hear us talk about a movie as well, let us know and we'll do a commentary for that. On top, I forgot to mention for the Patreon, I have uploaded part two of Steve Play Slenderman. And I was joined by Jeff on that episode. And yeah, I ended up getting sick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was sick sorry. for the rest of the night. <laughs> I'm so sorry, man. It's okay. I didn't actually get real sick. I just yeah. uh, felt nauseous. So yeah. go ahead and watch that and, and uh, you know, feel sorry for me. And get ready for part three where I just get really angry yeah. <laughs> at the game. Part two, Jeff gets nauseous. Part three, Steve gets angry. Yeah, Jeff left at that point. So I was just having to talk and yell. So that was cool. <laughs> so it's things to look forward to there. All right. Well, that is going to do it for us here. Just a big thank you again to everyone who has been listening and keeping up and supporting us. As always, you guys are the reason why we do this. And whatever we have coming your way next time, get your ears ready. Yeah, it's going to be hot. We are going to be soggy. Oh, no. No? (laughs) No. I don't know. All right. Well, Jeff, as we say at the end of every episode uh, for This House of Horror, 
Some it's folks sure right. have a strange idea entertainment. You're with your baby in your park alone on a summer night. You're deep in love, but you're deeper in the woods. You think you're doing all right. Did you hear that voice? Did you see that face? Or was it just a dream? something <laughs> this was a fucking shit show is what it was here we go